welcome to a special Thursday edition of Game Face on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. Episode 180 coming at you. Uh, I know we've been doing the show typically on Tuesdays, but I was away for Labor Day weekend and couldn't do the show Tuesday. But we didn't want to wait too long to do a show because there's all kinds of games coming out. Yeah, honestly, pretty probably better to wait till today because we got the the direct in yesterday. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so we're doing a show today, obviously, and we're also going back to our normal normal time on Tuesday. And the good news is there's plenty of games to talk about for Tuesday as well. Yeah. So uh, we are rocking and rolling. It we is are officially September. It is. We're in Q4. Thank God. <laughs> Summer was so tough, man. Somehow we did shows every week, though. We made it work. But uh, now we have tons of games to talk about, which uh, makes our show all the better. A uh, couple notes before we get going. Uh, there is a lot of construction going on at Sifted.net right now. Uh, some of you guys, I'm sure, have, have realized it, figured it out. There are some issues, some glitches going on. There's all this work going on in the back end. Uh, I do want to say, though... I think you guys are going to be very pleasantly surprised by all the changes coming to the site. In fact, I would argue that maybe you don't even recognize the site at first when we roll everything out. There are big, big changes coming. Um, Some fundamental changes to how the site works even. I am really, really excited about the stuff that's going on. Brent has been busting his tail. Uh, he's already rolled out a bunch of stuff, but again, it's all kind of under the hood. Uh, it was great to see our Patreon shoot up. Hmm. So I want to thank all you guys for going and pledging when you realize that you are getting our content for free. Uh, we had our best month on Patreon in like over a year this month. Now I'll say this. It turned over and then we lost a lot of it <laughs> again. I don't know why. I figured a lot of people joined that were like, oh, I just got cut off and I enjoy the content. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of people bailed when the month turned over maybe they'll come back i don't know but a lot of, a lot of people will like do their pledges on patreon like month to month yeah so, like they'll pledge for whatever they're gonna they want to pay for that month and then they'll undo the pledge and near the end of the month they will re-pledge if they decide that's what they want to spend their patreon budget for the month on yeah no matter what though thank you guys a lot of you guys have signed up or you've started paying again after you weren't paying for a while and again i don't I don't think most of you guys were doing it on purpose. I think you just used Sifted for our content and just had no idea that you weren't paying. So thanks to you guys for jumping on there. It's a huge, huge help for us. Uh, unlike a lot of other the other big gaming Patreons, they go up or down maybe thousands of dollars a month and it doesn't even matter to them. Every dollar does matter to us. So thank you guys very much. Thanks to everybody who's doing uh, Twitch Prime, NeoJD, AxelF1986, Talica 1981. Thanks all you guys for subscribing via Twitch Prime. Uh, Axel 23 months, Talica 25 months. Thanks. That it means the world to me. So big stuff is going on, man. Sifted. Um, as far as when we're going to be rolling all that stuff out, it's basically a three month plan. So maybe I shouldn't be talking about it too much, and that's why I haven't given up a lot of details. Is because it's going to take a couple months to get all this done. I don't even know any of this. Yeah, actually, he doesn't. Like I haven't told Matt like a lot of the stuff that's happening with it yet because. Um, Brent has a day job. So you're getting nothing out of me. (laughs) That's right. Brent has a day job, and he can only get so much done, and he does most of his work on the weekends for Sifted. So I don't want to announce stuff, and you guys get all excited and have it take, like, two months for it to show up. But trust me when I tell you, uh, we're almost going to be, like, relaunching the site here in a couple months. Like, it's going to be that different. So really excited about that. Really excited about Q4 being here. Hopefully you guys are, too. The money-spending season is here for games where I guess the bulk of our audience spend probably 80% of their money in the next few months. And uh, we're going to be here to guide you through it to make sure you spend your money 
intelligently. So let's get on with episode 180. One more thing I should add. Um, we do have beta codes for the Ghost Recon Breakpoint beta that's going down this weekend. It's a closed beta, so you can't get in unless you have a hookup like us. We have a couple extra codes that we're going to be giving away at the end of the show during the Q&A. Matt and I are going to give you guys a couple quiz topics, and whoever answers first in the chat will get the codes. I know that kind of sucks because it's basically a Google race. Uh, but if you, some of you guys do know the answers off the top of your head, you'll probably win. So have a couple codes to give away at the end of the show, and then maybe we can jump on and play uh, Breakpoint together over the weekend. And with that, let's get on with 180. We're going to kick things off with a game before we did our last episode. The reviews had come out. The game hadn't come out yet. Uh -huh. uh, the game is out now, and it's a Switch exclusive. It's called Astral Chain, developed by Platinum Games, published by Nintendo, and like I said, a Switch exclusive, at least for now, it's not coming to any other platforms, I'm, I'm guessing. I think it's published by Nintendo, so it I don't, is, I don't yeah. think it's coming anywhere else. Yeah, so probably permanently a Switch exclusive. Uh, this game, if you looked at the reviews that came out before the game came out, you probably think it's a Game of the Year candidate. Just look at, looking at score alone, and mm. looking honestly across the rest of this year, there haven't been a lot of games scoring in that high eight, low nine range. Yeah. In, in, including Gears of War, right yeah. now like, yeah oof. what is its metacritic right now like 85 last i looked yeah it's not terrible it's not terrible but it's below what i was expecting definitely below what i needed for my fantasy team to have a chance yeah it's definitely it lower way. than you'd like from a second pick but then again my first pick was anthem so like right. this, is a, this is an off year in the yeah. fantasy fantasy league yeah absolutely uh but so anyway uh since the last show i have spent a good bit of time with astral chain so has matt and we want to discuss it let's start by sharing the plot of this game. Uh, it's a such little, as it is. Such as it is. <laughs> it's a little convoluted and goofy, to say the least. Um, basically, you're future cops, and there are these creatures called the Chimera. Yeah, they're basically demons yeah. in, invading from the astral plane, and they've destroyed basically the whole planet. And the last bastion of humanity is this like island called the Ark. And you are part of a like a like a special police division called Neuron that is equipped, especially equipped to fight them. Um, the opening scene is actually a direct Neon Genesis Evangelion homage. Yeah, let's call it. Quote, because what they've done is uh, they've summoned this, and this is actually that was the shot from it where they where uh, they're summoning these demons and and capturing them in like this armor that like lets them put a, what's called the astral chain on them and control them. And that's what they use to fight back, which is literally what the Evangelion units are, more or less. Yep. And the opening scene shows them, they, use, they summon the thing, they stick the armor on it, and it attacks the, the viewing booth and is like trying to break through the glass of the viewing booth while the the, the 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 older scientist with glasses on stands rigidly still and grins while pushing his glasses up as the thing tries to kill him and, and, like and all the text away. all the text frantically try to shut it down right <laughs> and I'm just like okay so he's Gendo like we get it yeah and um, that's pretty much where the similarities more or less end but like they they're very much that you can see that's that scene right there they yeah. just show they're very much quoting that kind of thing uh, to the point that one of the first colors you unlock to customize your legion is literally EVA Unit 1, purple and green. It is, yeah. Um, so basically that's how that works. And you you pick male or female character. Uh, you are both twins who are the adoptive children of of Captain Max, the guy <laughs> the guy who, who who runs the 
the the squad in Neuron that has the legions on the chains. Right. So they're they're the like the the special force group, the whole neuron group supports and they go in with these legions and having the legion lets you like see the monster the chimera the monsters and they basically and then they go and punch them until they die and yep. uh <laughs> and whichever one you it's weird actually whichever one of these characters you pick um the the other one is still in the game but the other one becomes the one who talks Right. Because your character doesn't it's talk. It's yeah. silent. <laughs> it's really which is bizarre because clearly they recorded lines for both characters. Yeah. So why don't you both just talk? I, I'm, I'm really over the silent protagonist thing. Yeah. The other thing I will note is um, uh, you can customize your character however you want at the locker and chain. But if you customize the other character you don't pick in the character select screen before you start the game, they will look like that in the game. Yeah. So you can, if you want to customize both of them it will matter and all the cinematics are real time so you yes. actually see those changes yeah, which in the is cinematics. nice um and uh so and basically uh the, as with a lot of platinum games the the real meat of the game doesn't start for a few missions because you yep. get a couple missions where everything is you think this is the status quo well this and then actually the th- motorcycle racing yeah shooting. not not as big a part of the game as the trailer would have you believe yeah um but very early on something happens and it ends up that your character is the only one who now has a legion so and that's when like all the upgrade stuff and everything opens up and suddenly you're the most important person in the world and uh, and that that's sort of like where the, the the game really finally kicks off is like okay you're the only one who can do this and like we've lost the other legions so like the implication is obviously that you're going to have to get them all back and you're, you're very early on in the early missions you see things you can't interact properly with because you don't have the right kind of legion yep. so obviously you're going to collect all the other legions I mean it's, it's it's platinum Pokemon right Pokey Plat yeah. <laughs> that's what um, I've been calling it but that's the basic premise it's real bog standard like supernatural sci-fi anime stuff. Um, it's very rote. It is. I mean, I like the concept I, I like in principle just because it's basically the same idea as Ghostbusters. It is. Like, like, sci- <laughs> like science versus... It's basically science versus supernatural, yeah. which I do think is a compelling premise. Um, but so much of it is just so bizarre. Like, yeah. Like, and, like, just everyone's, like, a stock, like, archetype anime character and, like... It's real by the numbers in that regard. I yeah, mean, but not, you're not really at, you're not really at a platinum game for the story. Yeah, I would say if you if you like to play games because of their stories, this one's not going to get it done. Yeah, it's for not it. it's not going to change your mind. It's uh, you're you're here for the gameplay or you're not here. Yep. And so you play as these cops, and the Legion are basically Pokemon. They even come in these little dinky cubes yeah. instead of Pokeballs, and you collect them as you go. Um, and mm-hmm. you can level them up. You can upgrade and, them yep. and add different abilities and add, like, customize their appearance and change their colors. And, like, when you come back from a mission, you have to, like, scrub them clean. Yeah. Because, like, they get corruption on them and you have to, like, clean them off and then they, like, dance around and, like, are happy. Which, which is and funny. And you use them to like, collect corruption as well. Yeah. You have to, like, clean up corruption, which you get a lot of bonus points for. Which are just, like, these things on the ground yeah it's, it's like kind of almost currency i guess yeah um but you have to clean them up with a legion so because so the way the 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 base gameplay of the legion works is like so you see like the characters running around like a normal person hitting things with a stick 
um, once you get your legion, you can summon the legion, and the legion With the isn't, left left trigger. Yeah, which isn't he's the legion's not directly under your control. They're semi-autonomous, but they're on the the astral chain, so they, it's like a leash. They can't get away. And you can use the very you use like left trigger to set, to send them at your target. They'll they'll rush at your target. You can hold the left trigger and move the right stick around. You can direct them around, which is how yeah, you like you, when clean you do stuff that, up. You're and, basically standing still. Yeah, you have to stand still. So you have to. Choose your moments. You can also use that. So like, there's all these like combination moves. So like, if you you move the the legion out to a certain place, and then you while you're holding it left trigger, you hit right trigger, and he will pull you to you to him like a super yep. jump because there is no like jump a, button. Yeah, there is. Oddly isn't. enough, yeah. uh, it's 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 it feels strangely um, immobile in that regard for a platinum game. But you can get some z-axis action with the legion cooperation. Yeah, like you can send your legion into the air to attack airborne enemies. Yeah. And in fact, that's pretty much what you have to do. Yeah, and there's like sync attacks where if, if like a flash happens, you hit the right trigger, the right trigger, no, it's left trigger, and, you, uh, and you'll do like a team up attack with the legion. And there's various combos and stuff you can do that will automa- like you know, it will intentionally set that kind of a sync combo up. Um, then there's the tethering. So yeah. once you squeeze the left trigger and you're kind of stationary, but you're controlling the legion with the right analog stick, you can circle the legion around an enemy and it will wrap them mm-hmm. in a chain and tether them to the ground. And that's your chance to kind of jump in and do more damage while yeah. they're incapacitated. There's you can also of- use like the chain as like a... It's like, like a garret, like a clothesline. Thing. Yeah, like there's a lot of cool tricks they pull with a chain. Like if someone's gonna like the, because like with a lot of platinum games, the, the enemies t- like telegraph their moves. Yeah, and if you see what one of them's about to charge you, you basically like have your legion like spread out from you and like set the chain up in their path, and they'll like get clotheslined by the chain. You can and you pull it back and then like flip flings them, them. back yeah. to where they came from, and that stuns them and usually lets you get a lot of free hits on them. Um, but that's pretty much the whole combat and there's like, system. And there, yeah, and there's like stuff where like you can uh, for the like the super jump, you can like wrap it around like a corner, yep. and like the chain around a corner, and it, you will like make, change direction. You can wrap the chain around enemies, and you hit the the attack button, and you'll like zoom to each enemy and whack them once. Yep, it's a good way to get out of like a corner or something. You also um, have to manage. It, this game kind of has a stamina bar. Yeah, the, the your legion, legion can, can only, only be out so long, and you can yeah. call it back by tapping the L, the R one button. R, I think it oh is. Yeah, the R one button, uh, and it'll just he'll just dissolve. Yeah. And it there is some strategy involved because enemies don't just attack you; they also attack your legion. Yeah. And if you if you let your legion lose all of its stamina, then you have to wait for the whole meter to fill t- before you mm-hmm. use it again. And you definitely feel like a fish out of water when you don't have your legion. Yeah, you are not equipped to fight these guys alone. You have to manage the legion. That's also one of the reasons to clean up the corruption is it it overcharges your your legion stamina bar to like 200%. Yeah. So it gives you more time to have the legion out. Uh, The other thing you can do is each, each legion type has a specific special move. Uh, with like, I'm playing as I don't know. I think it's I think the the the, the guy Akira has um, uh, a bow type. Yep. And so the girl has a sword type, and she her her legion. Uh, that's how I'm playing. Oh, there's she, also guns. We didn't mention that. She has guns. Like, you I mean, you have your, a gun as a character. Switch your baton bet- between a baton and a gun, and then very early on, you can change it into a sword. Like you can upgrade that to get more modes for your yep. this weapon that can change form. I much prefer the sword mode. Like the I the, usually use sword. The baton mode is like real short, short range and feels like a training wheels yep. sort of thing. Um, and then like the so the special moves like you basically can freeze time and you can use it to either counterattacks or like in, interact with the environment and cut like new paths through things and stuff and like the dog the dog type can like dig through trash and uncover new things or new new routes or new items and 
There's a, like every platinum game, they expect you to go back to the same missions over and over and over and over and over. If you play um, on the platinum difficulty setting, then you get grades yeah, for each mission. There, there's no grades on like casual, which is what it starts you on. And to be fair, you can't even play above that until you finish the mission. The like, yeah, it unlocks platinum difficulty stuff as you unlock each mission. You're supposed to go back and do it again. So it has the requisite platinum grinding uh, in in play. Um, and that becomes prevalent real fast. Like early oh, yeah. on, you early on, you're like, oh, these upgrades aren't that much. Like, oh no, like you're gonna yeah. need to if you if you don't want to like just like fly through the game, like barely on the cusp of of as Completing powerful as you it, need yeah. to be. Like you're gonna need to go back and do a lot of grinding, um, which I think people expect from Platinum's games. So it's not that's not a surprise. But I don't like it very much. So yeah, there we are. What what surprises you the most about this game, Matt? Um, the thing that surprises me the most about this game is how easy it is for me to put it down. Oh, really? <laughs> um, I, I mean, there's, there's, I can't quite pinpoint why I am not hooked by this game because almost everything in it feels like it should hook me. But between missions, it's so easy for me to just walk away from it. Yeah. I don't know what... It, I'll it's be honest. It's weirdly I, less than the sum of its parts. I, I don't feel like the combat system is compelling me to, con- to keep playing. I don't. I mean, I think the combat system has a lot of cool stuff in it, but I don't. And this might just be because I haven't played enough to figure it out properly. But I don't feel the flow right that I get from. So I many feel like other you're stop and games. go, stop and go, stop and go. Yeah. And I don't like the fact Especially that because your character is very sluggish. We also stand still while yeah. you're using the legion when you're using kind of the chain mechanics. Like you're you're just a sitting duck there. Yeah, it feels like they took like a lot of mechanics from a normal platinum game and split them up between you and the legion. And it just feels like it puts a barrier between you and the gameplay. It remind I actually kept thinking about Donkey Kong 64 of oh, all things. Interesting. Because Donkey Kong 64 annoyed me because it felt like they took Banjo Kazooie and just split Banjo Banjo's moves up among five characters. For and no that good is reason. true. Yeah. And like that's true. It just felt like this busy work to get to to, to switch between each each group of moves. And I kept thinking about that playing this, where I'm like, God, I wish I could just do all. I wish I was just the Legion. Yep. I wish the Legion could and like. There's like you know there's sync things where like you can like kind of work in tandem like that's the part point of your character is like you are more synced with your legion than like anyone else has ever been another Evangelion trope. Yeah. Um, but like it it I don't know like I'm I'm only like six or seven missions in like but like first off that's longer than you think because there's yeah. a lot of between mission downtime and a lot of like investigations. Yeah, stuff. you go back to the base. Like and... somebody really liked the Batman Arkham games. Yeah. Because <laughs> like they're like oh let's put some detective work like in Like when it. I said stop and go I was talking about the, con- the yeah. combat but I was also talking about the mission design because mm-hmm. the investigative stuff to me is just throwaway. And yeah. you have to do a lot of it. You have to go you, there's like a you can hit the plus button and it's puts on this vision that lets yeah, you the see... The iris vision. Yeah. The iris vision that lets you see things that you couldn't see before. Like, you have to track, like, a chimera in one mission using it. Uh, but it also, like, highlights things that you can't see, like things that happened in the past, and you can walk up, mm-hmm. and it helps you... It gives you clues to help yeah. solve It's mis- very much like the detective mode stuff in Arkham. Except, it like, is. Yeah. really, really stripped down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not a big fan of that stuff. Um, I am, and I still think this is boring. I mean, I liked it in Batman, <laughs> but I it was better in Batman. Oh, yeah. Here. Like you said, it's very simple here, and it's just there's just not enough depth to it to make me feel like I want to do it. But what surprised me the most about this game is the production values. Now, I agree with you. I do not like the art style. I think the characters in this game just look weird. 
But holy cow, like as far as like the cinematics and the animation mm. and everything, Platinum, this is like one of its imp- most impressive games, I think. Yeah, I mean, vi- I don't like the art style all that much, but I do think visually it's one of the, frankly, it's one of the better looking Switch games. It is, absolutely. Like technically, yeah. I mean, and just the time that they put into doing the real-time cinematics, I mean, the whole thing. Also, like, not a not a single bit of slowdown. Oh, yeah. It runs guy. like crazy. Tons of stuff happening on the screen. Yep. Tons of characters running around. You can see, I mean, this is like the first major fight. Yeah. And there's like four or five characters running around. There's all this fire effect. And like none of it hitches ever. Nope. Like it's, I mean, Platinum... Platinum has no tolerance for frame rate drops. That's, I mean, it's it's really well done from a technical standpoint. I mean, the first few hours of this game is just nonstop. Yeah. It is just cinematic, crazy, crazy action sequence, combat, crazy cinematic, and it all just flows. Yeah, big there boss stuff. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it, there aren't that many Nintendo exclusives that are like this game. Mm-hmm. It's I hate to say it, but it's true. I mean, pl- also like Platinum kind of makes their own thing. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, I guess you could compare you compare this in certain ways to Bayonetta. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the dodging mechanic is roughly the same with the, the slowdown time. I mean, it's the standard Platinum dodge mechanic. Um, but there's a lot more kind of going on in terms of what they're trying to do with this than Bayonetta. I mean, Bayonetta is pretty much what you play the first level, you've kind of got it down. Uh, this feels like it, it evolves more. Yeah. For um, sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But like, it still doesn't quite like make me want to keep playing all the time um i can't i'm not really sure why like i don't i i, I don't know like everyone else seems to be like super like into this thing and like i find it really easy to walk away after a couple of missions i've been so now that i've played it i'm really surprised at how high the review scores were for this game um i haven't actually looked at the, I, I, what oh they're like high eights oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like some people gave it like higher than that, but I think it settled in at like a mid to high eight, a high eight Metacritic. Um, I feel like Platinum's getting you, a little bit of a the Platinum boost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And look, there are some people that actually lo- that absolutely love Platinum's oh, yeah. games. And if you if you also if you love games like this, pretty much they're the only game in town. Yeah, you know, like I mean, except like Devil May Cry Five was about the only other thing like that that's been out this year. Which do you like more, that or this? Oh, it's tough. I was thinking about it last night. I'm like, which game is better, the new DMC or Astral Chain? I think, like, I think I like the gameplay in Devil May Cry better, but I find this less obnoxious. Yeah, I think this world and plot are more interesting. Yeah, but Devil May Cry doesn't suffer from that start-stop syndrome like this game. Yeah, Devil May Cry just goes. Yep. Um, this, I feel, gives me too many opportunities to be like, wait, I think I'm going to do something else. Yeah. I think that's a common Platinum. Like, plat- I don't like Platinum stop-and-go structure that happens, especially because, like, so many of them, is, uh, not not Bayonetta so much. But Bay- I think Bayonetta's balance is pretty well, pr- balance things pretty well in that regard. But so many of, because they, they rely so heavily on rating you, like giving you a grade on yeah. things, they kind of, all their stuff is sort of divided into discrete mission chunks and once you stop everything down and make me pick a next mission to continue, it's real easy for me to, to You're walk You're giving away. me the chance. You're giving me the opportunity <laughs> to think about what I'm doing, yeah. and like maybe I'll walk away. Like if you just, you know, Devil May Cry still does the rating system, but it like keeps it, the flow is there, the story's still going, you have to choose to stop. Yep. And I think Platinum, some Platinum games I keep playing because I really like playing them and I want to play more, but if the Platinum game, a Platinum game isn't hooking me in that regard, and this one really didn't in that regard, it's way too easy for me to just quit. I just think it was a weird decision to, I mean, look, you have to use the Legion to oh, yeah. make progress in the game. And 
it's just, to me it's weird that Platinum chose to make something like that so prevalent when you really don't have full control over it. Mm-hmm. It's like once you squeeze that squeeze that left trigger and you're controlling the Legion with your right, like you can send him exactly where you want. But as far as when he attacks, how he attacks, that's all kind of automated. Which it just seems a little weird that they would lean on it. I think that's so kind of heavily. the point. I mean, I, I can I can definitely see the sort of the idea being like, well, you've you've played platinum games with platinum combat before, but let's see how you do when like you can't like contr- you, you don't have full control over it. Um, like there hasn't really been a point where I felt like the legion wasn't doing what I needed it to do, and like that I like was failing because the legion wasn't behaving properly. Um, I think it's just it's it, they're doing it that way because it's kind of a frankly it's kind of a logical progression of like a new form of challenge in this style of gameplay. Uh, whether you like that or not, I think is going to determine wh- how much you prefer sort of a standard action game versus like we're going to mess with this and see what happens. It is a little um, bit when you're controlling the legion. It is a little bit of left brain right brain thing. Yeah. It, you, it's almost like you're trying to like pat your tummy and tap your head at the same time, or as some other people say, like chew bubble gum and walk at the same yeah. time. It takes I will a little say, while to get used to. I it. will say I am a little surprised. Like, you know, they give even credit to like some of the near automata stuff here. Um, it does not feel like it's written by the same people. No, definitely not. Like near oh, near, is auto- no near automata is so far yeah. beyond this. It's not even the it's same not even, Yeah, yeah. That's an, that's an example of a platinum game that hooked me and never let me go. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised, although, actually, that the same people wrote this. Although early on in, in near uh, some of the open world stuff can lull to the point that you just sort of, like, turn it off. No, you're right. Like, yeah. But once, you, once I push through more of that, like, I, I wanted to find out what happened next. I want to find out what happened to these characters, like, that kind of thing. And, I like, would say near starts a lot more slowly than this. Oh, it too. does, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, although, uh, this if, does get you into if it, you right? die in the opening mission, you will not have to replay 20, 20 minutes of the same tutorial. <laughs> uh, so if you were frustrated by that in near. Uh, you won't run into that here. Yeah, this game gets you into it a lot more seamlessly. It, it gets it got me engaged in it, but then you're right how it's kind of all segmented together. And to be fair, Devil May Cry is that way as well. Yeah, like you get your letter grade, and you kind of get that opportunity here, to take a breath. And here's make a my hot take: I hate being letter graded in these games because I don't oh, really? care. Because it, like, it just seems so random what you have to do to get. It's like. It doesn't always seem to reward the most impressive play. It yeah, rewards I, a very specific series of events. Yeah, well, I, the thing is, like, in games like this, I prefer the challenge to be surviving. Yeah. And not, like, playing it Stylishly, properly. Stylishly, right? How, how they want like, you to play it. And, the, yeah. and that, that combined with the fact that, like, the rate, like, the rating system means that you have to stop it down between, I mean, even when I, I re, when they went backwards compatible, I replayed the Ninja Gaiden games, and even those games, despite how much I loved the both Ninja Gaiden games, um, not three, uh, but <laughs> I like think everyone's bes- with you despite on that how much I loved those games, it was annoying me when they'd stop down between levels in those. Yep, it and gives like, you that chance to take a breath yeah. and, and consider your options. Yeah, that's really what it does. <laughs> like, like you're not like you need to manipulate me emotionally more yeah. effectively. Basically, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like someone who's trying to sell me microtransactions wouldn't do this. You're yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like it's. I wonder if that's part of it. Is like I've gotten so used to that constant like f- a carrot on the stick they just mentality never design now. Yeah. that the fact that these guys haven't adopted that feels yeah. weird now to me. I mean, this game feels like an old game in design oh, yeah, feel, in a lot of ways. It yeah. would, except for the technical stuff going on, this could be on the PS2. Yeah, I mean, it's all linear, like. There's one way to go. There's a couple branching. It's just like Devil May Cry. It's this mm-hmm. cattle shoot that you're constantly forced to go down. Yeah. And there's, I mean, it's not like those games shouldn't exist. There's, sure. There should yeah. be room for those, and, and here it is. 
and clearly it's being received very well. It's selling well. It's the it's, the, it's number two on the um, on the the Switch store uh, behind a music game called Zotic. Oh, Zotic. really? But the reason it's behind, I, I think it begins with an X. I can't remember exactly what it is because the the font's weird. I think it's Zotic or something. But the reason that game is is number one is because it's on sale for ninety seven percent off and it's eighty seven cents or something <laughs> like that. And actually. It's pretty good. I think this game beat Control in the UK. I think it outsold Control. I think it did. It was funny. Uh, I, there was a thread on uh, on Reset Era about like what will sell more, Control or Astral Chain, and most people were saying like Control's a multi-platform game. It's going to sell more. And I, I, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't contribute. Never contribute to those things. I just read them. Yeah. But like, I'm a lurker. But like, I like. Was like you know I think Astral Chain might I mean the, do not underestimate the, the the ability of the Switch to just move volume of software yeah and I feel like and also do not underestimate Remedy and its ability to undersell a game that should be selling Remedy's more. games never they sell they don't they just don't I don't know what it is it was a topic I wanted to bring up on uh, today's High Score our Colin show mm -hmm. uh, but it was always at the bottom of the list in that show like we never make it through the whole list of topics because. Mm -hmm. We just end up going off on tangents, and we talk about each topic a long time. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm flummoxed by the lack of sales for Remedies games, mm. particularly like it's good ones. Yeah, um, but like Quantum Break, I could kind of understand that it got lukewarm reviews. Control, which we're going to talk about again here in a minute. Also, again, Quantum Break was an exclusive on a system that is dead last. That was so, at the time really yeah. floundering too. Like Microsoft has kind of turned it around a little bit. At that point in time like Xbox One was like dead Yeah, in the water it was definitely this. a bad time for that. Also, yeah. you, I mean, just this what they were trying to lean on for star power wasn't. Right. And yeah. uh, it, it would be like making an app out of Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> so would you, rec this is a full price game, would you recommend people buy it at full price? Platinum fans, I think, yeah. I mean, platinum fans, sure. I mean, the other thing is, like, it's hard to kind of make that distinction on a on a Nintendo exclusive because that price ain't dropping anytime soon. Oh, for a soon. long time, like, yeah. If you want to play this in the next year, two years, you're probably gonna pay sixty bucks for it. Yeah. Unless you find it like physically somewhere for like a, a markdown, but why would you? Really? I mean, nothing. These games don't drop. Um, like, I mean, frankly, if you know what you're getting into with a platinum game and this looks interesting to you, go ahead. Like I, 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 f I think if you're interested by what you see, uh, and you you've played platinum games before and you you know how they how they roll, like you're gonna like it. Um, for me, platinum is uh, honestly I might call platinum the most overrated developer in gaming right now. I don't find them to be that compelling. I think they're the same thing over and over again. As much as I like that same thing when it's done a certain way, Bayonetta um, or Transformers Devastation. Um, I can only play so much of it. Yeah. And, like, I do feel like I played a better, you know, stylish action game earlier this year in the form of Devil May Cry 5. Um, so most, so basically what I'm, what, like, is trying to drive me through this is the premise and the kind of unique mechanics. And um, while I'm not saying they're bad, they just aren't clicking with me so far. I agree. I, I don't, I don't hate the combat. It just doesn't feel right to me. There's just something about it. It just feels a little disjointed, a little clunky. Um, I think this game suffers more from the stop-and-go issue than any other Platinum game I've ever played. Yeah. And uh, I mean, look, it's, to me, it's way better than Transformers Devastation. Uh, yeah, there's there's more depth to the combat, yeah. for sure. There's more than three locations. Um, you know, like, that was a very shallow game to me in most respects. Like, the production value here is 
infinitely better. This is um, one of the, like, as far as production values go, this is one of the best Switch games. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's, the way it's put together, it's very slick. You can tell that Platinum was given a lot of budget and a lot of time to make this game. And a lot of support. Yep, and a lot of support from Nintendo. It runs great. It looks great. Um, I mean... And honestly, there's nothing else like it on the system until Bayonetta 3. I would. I guess what I would say is if you're a Switch-only owner... Or even if you do have other platforms and you didn't get the most recent Devil May Cry, I would recommend that you buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what you're getting into with a Platinum game. Like, I'm not in. sorry I bought it, even though it's yeah, not, I don't regret, like, I not don't, hooking me the I way I wouldn't have I regretted hoped. buying it either. No. I, don't, I don't know if I'll finish it, though. Yeah, that's that's, that's fair. Um, and it, for me, for me, you know, with my oh, limited time, it's like well, also because like usually, these platinum games tend to be longer than you think they are. They they do they are so. yeah, and and I can generally tell for me because my time is so limited for playing games I have all this other stuff that I have to do for the site. If I don't finish a game, to me, it's that's not a Game of the Year candidate. A Game of the Year candidate will, I will Pulls finish you all the way through. I will finish yeah. it. Yep. And this game, I don't, unless there's some kind of a twist or something that happens in the very near future, I don't know that I see myself getting no, all the I, way through. The, the idea that this would be a Game of the Year candidate to someone is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. To me. Like, it's, it's so one. I mean, I don't want to say their I opinions I mean, Yeah, but it's just like, it's, it's very one note and like, it would have to be like if I was picking like a space sim, right? For, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I was picking Rebel Galaxy Outlaw as my as my game of the year, like yeah. that would just be because this is my preferred. This is genre, what I like, basically. Yeah. So if that if that's the case, then this is a no brainer. But for someone who like enjoys this type of game, but like would prefer to be playing against a human and not a in terms of a fisticuff situation and not a grading system, it's not as compelling to me. Yep. Um, also, I find the demon design to be uh, just the art style is not good. I can't. Me. It moves so fast I, that I, I can't make anything out. I don't. I Everything's don't, all shiny. And I just neon don't like and, the 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 usual spiky chitinous demon design. I mean, it just looks like every other anime demon thing ever. No, it does. Like, it's just. Yeah. And all the yeah. and it looks a little bit like like Zone of the Ender Zoe. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I get what they're going yeah, for. With, I, like, I like the kind of the the tech, like the the high tech sleek look of the legions versus the kind of organic kind of gross like everything's Slimey, made of, everything's made yeah. of bone and slime thing of the demons. But like, it just feels real done before. Yeah. Um, especially because we already again we already played a game like this earlier this year that had demons that looked way more interesting than these guys. For sure. In Devil May Cry 5. And like it's not fair to compare something to Devil May Cry 5 all the time, but I feel like Platinum has the imagination to do it on that level and it's just not there. Yeah. Um I, I was I will say this, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Like I don't know if you remember, but at E3 in our post E3 discussions, this was one of the big risers for me. Mm-hmm. And because I was like, oh, wow. Like, I really had no idea until I, like, got to check it out, like, what kind of a game it was. Um, and I'm pleasantly surprised by it now that I'm playing the final game, how polished it is, um, the budget that was put into it, the effort that went into it. But ultimately, I, I, I would, if I had to finish this, I think I would be dragging myself across the finish line. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Yep. So anyway, there you go. That's Astral Chain. Especially because so many other things are about to hit. Right. Yeah, like, so you start talking about so just on Switch even. So if you're only a mm-hmm. Switch owner, there's so many big games that are coming. Yeah. Think about it before you jump on this. Mm-hmm. If Hell, you have a bought it. There's, there's stuff that came out yesterday that's more compelling to me than this, and one of them's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I downloaded the shit out of that when they announced it. I was like, yeah, I want to play that. I don't want to play this Astral Chain thing anymore. I want to play a terrible game from 2010. Yeah. 
and I, it's for thirty dollars. Like it's I'm I am officially a Switch owner now. <laughs> I, have, I have bought a game I already own twice on two other more powerful platforms, but I bought it again to buy it again to play it again. Yeah, that's so, that's, that's how they get you. Yep, it is. So that's Astral we'll get Chain, to that. Switch exclusive, full price game. I think we recommend it if you like platinum stuff. Yeah. If not, maybe watch like a little bit of a Let's Play. Yeah, or I would definitely. I'd definitely watch Ninja play it for a while before you make your decision. But like, it's. It, I mean, even even with my kind of like lukewarm response to it, like I'm still glad I played it. I'm still glad I have it. I will. I will probably dip back into it periodically at slow periods during the the fall release schedule. Um, I would certainly rather play this than Call of Duty. <laughs> so like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, I will probably finish it eventually. I don't know if I'll finish it in time for our game of the year show. Yeah, but I, it's a game I will. I think I will go back to. Period. You are one of those players who does go back and mm. finish stuff, even months after oh, yeah. you last touched it. Well, you know what? I actually went back and started a new game of uh, this week. Is Yakuza Zero? Really? Because I now that they've you know they they announced the collection and they're putting the three, four, and five remakes out between now and you know three came out the day of. Love the shadow dropping going on these days, guys. Yeah. Just, so, just so you know, yeah. love that shit. Um, and the you know four and five are coming out; they'll all be out by so by February. You will have the whole Yakuza series on PS4. I'm gonna go through the whole thing again. And I'm sure you saw the news that uh, the new Yakuza is gonna yeah, be a turn-based yeah. RPG. Yeah, I mean that was the April Fool's joke earlier right? this and year. It's and real. It turns out it's real. Yeah. Um, I admit I'm a little like. Mm, on that, yeah. but at the same time, like if I really want to fight guys in the streets of Kamurocho, I have seven games. You've done it. <laughs> Eight, yeah, seven games seven to do games, that in, yeah. plus the spinoffs. Really, the big thing for me is that they they have hinted that they are not dismissing the idea of bringing over the samurai era games, right? Yeah, Ishin and the and, and the, at least the, at least the most recent one where where literally it's it's Kazuma as a samurai. Um, you know, his judgment just came and went without, like... <laughs> it did. Um, I mean, Yakuza fans like it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, who has the time? It's review, it, this review I, scores were, like, gigantic. I, have, really well. I haven't even played it. I haven't yet. either. I haven't touched it. I haven't booted it up. And the other thing, there's the Yakuza effect where I'm like, I look at it, and I'm just like, oh, I don't have time for I that. can see where this like, is headed. It's, like, yeah, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> Like yeah. you, you say you're gonna play for a little bit, and then all of a sudden you're managing 14 acres of real estate and trying to get someone, get trying to get a girl to be the best hostess in the club. And 14 hours have passed, and you're like, oh, no, I don't know what happened to me. Like, yeah, uh, that's that happened to me in Yakuza Zero. Just like this week, I've been like doing the real estate mini game for hours and hours, and I, I've been like literally like I, I will I will collect the payouts and fight the guys to keep the things going to keep my properties, and I'll go back and start the collection again, and I'll switch to like Astral Chain and play that for like 10 minutes and switch back to see if my payouts are ready. <laughs> like I'm playing both at the same time, yeah. but like because the Yakuza real estate simulator basically requires you to sit around and do other things, and instead of going around and doing other things in Yakuza Zero, I'm going around playing other games on other systems. Now you're imposing the start-stop on your own. Yes. <laughs> You're making it worse. Yeah. Well, that's a mini game, though. It's yeah. not the whole. If you want to play through the, that's the funny thing is like playing through the whole story of a Yakuza game without stopping for sub stories is fascinating to me because it's a totally different game. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Kiryu is a completely different character in the side stuff than he is in the main stuff. Like in the main story, he is basically a celibate virgin. Right. Like, and in the side stuff, he's like scoring left and right, and he's like hanging out with kids at the bowling alley, <laughs> and he owns a chicken, and he like he he does like 
pocket car racing. And right, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean there, far more interesting. There's like, <laughs> there's like two levels of canon to Yakuza. There's like the version of, of the story if you just go through the main story, and there's the version where he not only does the stuff in the story, but he's also like this incredibly involved member of the community who knows everyone, young to old, has helped everyone with their finances, <laughs> like does like owns the entire city when he's twenty. Like right. it's like it's like it, the the two different Kiryu's would. A, they're incompatible, and B, they probably wouldn't like each other very much. It's a fascinating dichotomy, <laughs> and so that's actually because I've already played them. That's actually what I would, what I want to do when I do my full playthrough because I was I was messing with the the real estate stuff to have money, but I kind of want to just go through the stories and without any doing any side stuff and see how that flows because I've never done that. I've yeah. always played. You don't them play games that way, man. No, I've always played Yakuza, especially completionist. Yeah, I mean you're like that with pretty much everything you play. I am, but Yakuza especially. Yeah. Like even no matter how dumb and I mean I've learned to play mahjong and shogi and all these like <laughs> weird just because like they're in the game and yeah. I got I got to I got to get the completion point. Like it's yeah. just that that game that game has made me learn things that I normally would never have done just to like get through it. That can be good. Yeah, well, I mean Depends on what you're learning. But. Well, when ten years from now, when when the, the fate of the planet hangs in the balance of a shogi game, <laughs> I'll you be know there. who to call. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Final Fantasy VIII. Would you call it like the redheaded stepchild of Final Fantasy? Um, in a sense, I mean, I would call it the worst Final Fantasy on the PlayStation One. Yeah. Um, it's aggressively stupid, but like. <laughs> Aggressive it has it has one of the dumbest twists I've ever seen in a story. Not just not in a story. Period. Um, not just games. Not just games. Not just comics. Not just movies. Or not just, books. All time. Yeah. I'm like that is the dumbest twist I've ever seen. <laughs> like um, I'm not gonna get into it here. I mean, in, just in case you haven't played it, you should experience how dumb this twist is on your own. Um, <laughs> No spoilers here on Game Face. But I will say that I do like the way it plays a little more than 7. Um, the junction system is dumb, but it also lets you abuse the game in ways that, like, even the Materia system doesn't let you do. So have they not tweaked that for, for this? Not that I... As far as I can tell, this is a straight remaster. I don't oh. think they've tweaked anything on this. Oh, wow. Well, they I sure could... as hell didn't tweak the pre-rendered background. No, they did Holy crap, <laughs> those look bad. the lower third says background check. Wow. Holy crap. Like, this game, even redone, looks Yeah, well, pretty, I mean, you, can, you can't do much terrible. with renders. I mean, those, those are the, you know, you can those clean are the them renders. up. But yeah. that's, I mean, there's they a, were drawn There's a that reason resolution. Final Fantasy VII is being remade. Yeah. Not because just Because you can't res. just revive it. Dude, no. the PlayStation 1 era games are just, they're just locked in time. Yeah. I mean, they really just do not have the legs that 2D games had. No, I mean, the 3D models in this look good. Like, they're they're clean. But they're so weird because they're, like... They don't fit the they're backgrounds They're just, like, at all. pasted on top yeah. of these blurry backgrounds. And then the... Look at that. Like, you, like what oh, is I he know. even sitting on? Is it is it made of marble? Are those supposed I mean, to be, like... I just look at these scenes. Yeah. And then the scaling. So when they're, like, walking off and they're supposed to be walking into the distance, like, the <laughs> scaling is all goofy and yeah. weird. I mean, it was always like that, but, like, it's but more it, noticeable it's now. So much more noticeable now because you can actually see and the I think actually enhancing the character models may have been like a mistake. I just think it makes them stand out more than they did before from the yeah, background. I mean, I don't know what else you can do. Like the the old character models were horrible. Like there's yeah. a famous meme. I mean, of, like, they were made the, out of like a hundred polygons. There's a famous meme of like you know you're the best looking guy here, and it zooms in on the character.
character model and his face is just like this mess of triangles <laughs> and it doesn't you know it's it, it yeah. I mean it looks okay I mean I can something like this when everything's yeah, the real time it looks fine it works okay yeah but like yeah it's you better be ready for some weird ass background stuff I mean the crazy part too is that even the CG stuff in this game looks worse than what look at it, oh look at how it just went blurry there oh, when yeah. it switched to the from the CG rendered cinematic to the background yeah. It's a. This is why I hate pre-rendered backgrounds because no matter how good you think they are at the time, they will always age terribly. Eventually, they will age poorly. Absolutely. Um, I'm surprised to hear that they didn't make any tweaks to the actual design or the combat system. As far as I know, they this is the exact game. Uh, I might be wrong on that. I haven't really looked into it, but. Um, but you've been playing it. I've been playing it, but I, I mean, I haven't played the original since it was new. Since it came out, and yeah. um, because you couldn't, because this game was didn't exist. I mean, there was like a bad port on the PC, I think, that I don't have. Um, but then, like this, you know, this was completely overlooked for the whole remaster flurry that Square did a few years ago, and this is like why it's a big deal that they finally remembered to do it. Um, but like. I will say, like, I at the time, I thought this was uh, more engaging just because they were, you know, first off, everybody looked like a person and didn't look like the weirdo. I mean, the the the, the character models in 7, I mean, there were, everybody had three character models in 7. You had the CG model, you had the battle model, and you had the weird-ass overworld model with the no mouth and no fingers. and right. all that. I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact that they made everybody look like themselves in every scene in this was a major step up. I think, like, a lot of the tricks they were doing with the pre-rendered movies in the backgrounds, like with the battle between the gardens um, where you're running around and, like, they move the camera and stuff, like, that was pretty crazy at the time just because... You know, the assumption at the t- at the time was if the backgrounds are pre-rendered, the camera's not moving. Yep. But Square found a way to do it with this that I thought, you know, it's not as good as rendering it in full 3D like Silent Hill did, but it works and it looks good. And it was an, it was a nice way to kind of free things up and make things a little more dynamic. Um, it was still that it, it was still they're still in the era where the stories of these games are so bad and dumb that I used to think that I missed something. I'm like, did I miss something? Did I, like, like doze off during yeah, yeah, like, something important like why, happened? Why is it like, you know, and, like, I mean, even the, the, the one I like the best is actually 9 because it's more of a throwback to the old games with the job systems and stuff. But even that has a thing where, like, you you know, the, the, they drop Vivi's plot line, like, halfway through the game, and then they mention it, like, once after that. And, like, the last disc is about going after an enemy that was only mentioned for the first time at the end of the previous disc. Like, and you're sitting there like, what happened? Like, did I... Did I sleep through something? Like it was, it was that period where I'm like, is it complex? So that's why I don't understand it, or is it just it's badly told? So I don't understand because they're not communicating properly. And when I was younger, I thought like, oh, I must have just missed something. And having replayed some of these stuff later, I'm like, oh no, this is just <laughs> <No>. terrible. <laughs> um, which is why actually I'm interested. The, mo- the reason I'm most interested in the Final Fantasy VII remake is to see if that story, when run through a modern form of localization and like storytelling and cinematic work is more coherent than what was in the original, original. English translation of that yeah. game because a whole bunch of that is real weird. Jay Reed Vic 7 in chat is saying that Square Enix lost the source, uh, lost the source yes, code for this, did. and therefore what they could do was limited. Lim- yeah, I mean, without having a full remake. And I don't How think- do you lose the source code of Final Fantasy VIII? Same way you lose the source code of almost everything. Like this is like the, the dirty little secret of Japanese development, especially back in the day. Nobody kept source code. Yeah, like, it's weird. Tons of source code is missing. Um, and it's not just small. I mean, I mean, to me, Panzer Dragoon Saga is not a small thing because it's one of my favorite games of all time. But yeah, they lost that source code. Uh, they've lost. They lost the source code. Rumored they lost the source code for Dragon Force, and that's why no one's ever remastered that damn thing. 
Um, but yeah, that was just not a th- the idea. And this was this is true of uh, of old movies too. Like a lot of we 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 maybe have ten to twenty percent of like the early first three decades of movies that were ever made because no it no it never occurred to anybody that anyone would care yeah. that there was any use for these things or that anyone would ever want to see this stuff again. It's why there's missing Doctor Who episodes. Yeah. Because the BBC yeah. just recorded over the masters because they thought they were they were they were aired, they were done. They were never who is gonna ever gonna care about this right. stupid show again. And like the, they didn't you know, have the four they definitely didn't see Netflix no. coming. <laughs> and so it becomes like an archival thing. You know, the only reason we have a whole bunch of, there's still like something like sixty missing Doctor Who episodes and the only reason we still have a bunch of other ones that have been found is like they, they, they transferred a bunch of them to film to ship out to other countries to air in other countries uh. and they'll p- periodically someone will find like these these film masters they're not, they're not masters but they're film transfers in other places that have been forgotten and here there's that's where they find these old episodes and like that's the only reason anybody has those now and it's it's fascinating because like the idea that you would want to archive what is creative work was alien at the time. Yeah, it's really bizarre. And that was also sort of how games were treated, especially in Japan. You would just think with time. Square Enix how much money it made off of Final Fantasy VIII. They'd be like, yeah, we might probably want to keep this around. It just was. I mean, but or it, maybe it, it knew all along. But it was out. PS One games were not going to hold up. No, I mean, it would still have been an advantage to have the assets there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That. It yeah. just wasn't a thing in their head. You know, it wasn't the idea that you could re-release a game 12, 15 years later wasn't a thing because. Games hadn't been around that long. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. this game came out, a 15-year-old game came out in 1983. Right. It's like Atari 20. And, yeah, there were Atari collections at the time, yeah. but they weren't, like, the big money that they are now. Like, no one could foresee that. Yeah. The idea was that, like, the game came out, you put it out on that system, it sold what it sold, and the game was done. Yeah. That was it. Especially with Final Fantasy games because, you know, the whole gimmick was it's different every time. You never continue a Final Fantasy series, Final Fantasy game, you know? know, 10-2 was a long way out at this point. Um, And so, like, it's... On one hand, it's, like, crazy (laughs) to think how short-sighted that was, but at the same time, like, it just wasn't how it worked. You know, it it wasn't considered, like, a valid artistic, like, pursuit. Like, it's why so many... If you look at those old 8-bit and 16-bit games from Japan... Everyone's name in the credits is, is like a nickname or a code name because yeah. it wasn't. They didn't care. It, they didn't care, and also it wasn't considered like like an upstanding thing to do as a job. Yeah, yeah. People weren't concerned. They're like, I don't really want my name yeah. in the credits. Look or look at Daigo. It, it took Daigo a long time to like you know use his full name because like his fan. He didn't want his family to be embarrassed that he played video games right. professionally. Yeah. Like it's it's it was a whole stigma for a long time. Yep. Not um, it's, it's why for a long time we only knew the guy who did all the art for Street Fighter as Aki Man. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can see why. I understand in the context of the time why the source code would have been would have gone missing for something like this, but it doesn't help the poor people who had to, you know, put this thing back together from basically from scratch and using I think the the old PC port as yeah. a guide. Yeah, I think the x86 version of it that they yeah. put out for PC, which was available on Steam for some time. I mean, you could play this old clunky port of this thing if you really wanted to play the game or put your your PS1 disc in again. Should anybody buy this, Matt? I did. Or do I, you regret it? No, I mean I don't even like this game that much, but like you know what? Like it was it's like playing it again. It's fun to kind of pull the junction stuff and play the thing. And the other thing is like, you know, you forget how much time you spent playing these games even if you didn't like really enjoy them all that much. They you know, these these games were not life changers for me. But the instant the music came up on the on this classroom, I'm like, "Oh, this music." I was like, "It's it, and it, it has it, it has, it has something value. to it. And, like, 
even though like it's like I'm like, well, I'm never gonna be nostalgic about this because I was 23 when it came out, <laughs> but like, no, it's still there. And um, the other thing about it is, um, it it kind of I was thinking about it a lot because I'm like, okay, I don't even particularly like this game's story or any of the characters in it. I think Squall is like a complete zero, even though he does have my favorite line in Final Fantasy history in this game when he he wakes up from the first, I think it's the first Laguna like like side thing and someone asks him like you know did you have a bad dream and then he thinks to himself I dreamt I was a moron is <laughs> my favorite line in Final Fantasy history because Laguna is in fact a moron um like it's it's the most insightful thing Squall says in the entire game but um I was thinking about like why why is this actually having that sort of pull on me that I'm like oh I remember this and I remember this and I remember that shot I remember the way this panned down when you had this conversation and I think it's because and like why don't JRPGs today have that kind of effect except in the case of the really good ones and I think it's because uh, the switch to a more cinematic fully voiced situation with this this genre hurt it. I think it's. I think these games are better when you are making the dialogue work from text in your head, yeah. and they're telling you the mood and establishing kind of the emotional themes. When with they the left music. more to your imagination. When it when it yeah. was more of a, it was more like listening to a concept album. Yeah. Frankly, with yeah. with text in the liner notes, that's basically what these old RPGs were. And I think that has a more. Um, I think that's a more effective way of ingraining something in you. I, I think otherwise you're just sort of watching this weird thing play out and it's hard, you know, like I think if you did it just in text, that terrible laughing scene in Final Fantasy X would work because yeah. you because you would make that work in your head when right. you read it. You I know? mean, I, I believe that firmly with a lot of things. I, I think just in general, leaving something to the imagination is mm -hmm. almost always better than overtly giving something to someone who's consuming it. Yeah. Um, maybe not having to imagine that Squ Squall has an actual face. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a case to be made. I mean, it is fun to watch to like look at some of the fights in this and realize like, oh, that's what that monster's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Because like, then the old version yeah. is like, like I don't know, tell. it's a thing. It's moving. I gotta kill it. Whatever. Yeah. Like, you, know, you gotta move. <laughs> How much is this selling for? Uh, thirty bucks. Is that right? Is it thirty? I thought it was twenty. I'm not sure, honestly. I want to say I don't think I would have bought it if it was thirty. Yeah. I think it was twenty. <laughs> Um, 20, do you think someone who isn't like us and didn't play this when it came out? No. Should, will be, will like, no. yeah. I, if there's I no would, nostalgia there. I would go, I would say this is, I would say pure nostalgia on this yeah. one. Like if you, if you like this game, if you remember, have fond memories of this game, yeah. But uh, if you didn't play it, I mean, unless you're like a Final Fantasy fan and you just want to see what the fuss was about and you don't. You don't you don't have it, or you never had it on a PlayStation Three. I mean, it was available on PlayStation Three or whatever. It's just you know, this is more like if you want to play it in a form that isn't going to make your eye hurt. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I mean, the character models for all the problems of the backgrounds and all that stuff. The character models are way easier on the eyes. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, oh yeah. I mean, they're made out of like five hundred polygons. They have faces and everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a definite improvement. If you like this game, you should definitely get it. Um, if you don't like this game, it's probably not going to change your mind. Um, but if you like Final Fantasy and you've, you're too young or so whatever to have ever played this, like you could do worse. I mean, at the very least, you could, it might make you appreciate 15 a little more. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it, just in terms of scope. But uh, I don't know. Um, I, it, uh, mainly, what it reminds me of is God. I gotta get back to playing uh, Final Fantasy 14. My because, guess because I mean, I don't know if you saw some of the the like the stuff at PAX. Uh, I didn't. Final, I was because you were out of town. Away, yeah. So they did a. There was a Final Fantasy 14 panel, 
and they brought out the woman who wrote uh, Shadowbringers, and she got a standing ovation. Wow! Um, for like a minute and a half. Wow! Like, people love that game. I, I, like, there's people saying like, "This is the best Final Fantasy ever." I've been hearing and, like, that. Yeah. And I'm like, I gotta get to this thing because, and like, the, and like, she cried when they when they really? she, she worked on that game for like six or seven years, and just finally recently got you know for this expansion got the the the. You know the the seniority to like write it and do all this, and the fact that she just came out and everybody just like freaked out that she like I mean, it's like she worked so hard. Well, also because yeah. like I don't think as a developer of any game you get that kind of recognition very often. That's true. And yeah, it was it was a great moment. Like if you, can, if you can find a video, I think there's a clip of it on Twitch because it was live streamed, so that it's mm-hmm. out there. Go go find that. And look at it. It's a really heartwarming moment, whether you like Final Fantasy or not. We need um, more moments like that in our industry right now. Yeah, because there's, there's all kinds of dastardly crap going yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's uh, more of that would be good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there you go. Uh, if you've never played this game, we're saying don't bother. Yeah, unless you're just really curious. I mean, if you've or if never you're a collector, I'm never gonna say don't play this game if you're not if you're curious. But I'm just like keep keep the expectations low. Like there's yeah. there's some dumbass stuff. In I this mean, there's game. a reason it's considered one of the worst Final Fantasy. It is, um, but also like in conjunction with like 13 and 15, like it's also sort of refreshing. Okay, in the sense that like. Um, at the very least, despite the flaws with the junction system, um, it's still doing what it does pretty well, as opposed to sort of when 13 and 15 try to reinvent the wheel and just fall on their face. Okay. So, um, you could do worse, but at the same time, we are hitting like crazy town, crazy town yeah. release schedule season. And yeah, maybe, I would maybe, save my money. maybe jumping into a 20 year old, like, you know, JRPG is Save that not for really, January. Yeah. No, because January is crazy too. No, it is. Like, yeah. save it for May at or, this point, or like, just don't play. Or just don't. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we're getting at. Ultimately, for most people, this is a pass. It's for it's completionists and fans. Yeah. All right. Let's but it's do- nice that they did it. Yeah. You know, It'll be the last, I believe, rendition of this game. Yes. I, you're not going to get a Final Fantasy VII style remake out of this one. No. And people wouldn't care the way they do about no not the Final all. Fantasy VII one anyway. I mean, yeah. And, and to be fair, like. They could have done this for Final Fantasy VII. Like, the, you know, if, if you updated the character models and cha- and fixed the backgrounds and called that Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think it would have been fine. But you're never going to get this treatment for any other Final Fantasy, I don't think. Yeah, I don't either. There's just something about Seven. It's just the one. Well, it's the one that, that made it huge. I guess. I mean, it was huge to me way before that. I actually liked Seven less than oh, seven. the other ones before it. I like Seven less than most of them. Yeah, like, it was I, funny. I, Everyone else is like, oh, this Final Fantasy is awesome. I'm like, bro, like... It's, it's, it's again... You go back. The golden the golden age of science fiction is 12. Yeah. Like, whatever you played when you were 12... Is the best. Is the best thing. And I'm I, starting to feel that with uh, Dark Crystal that I'm watching on Netflix right now. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I am quite shocked to see the overwhelmingly positive reviews of it. We're just going to continue this because I think Dark Crystal is great. See, I think the story and everything is great, and I'm watching it. I'm hooked on like, it. I am. Sh- I don't even like Dark Crystal. I'm, for me, the, the movie Dark Crystal, amazing technical achievement, kind of okay movie at best. Yeah. I've this thing, like, I am hooked the writing's great i just think the puppeteering looks bad and i think the puppets look some of the puppets look terrible oh i don't agree like with the gelflings like i can't even look at them i think they look awful oh they look weird i mean they're weird looking but i and think the, they look really good and, and the, I, I, there's a surprising amount of facial acting that works with them like i'm i'm impressed by how how much the, that show knows when not to talk that is unlike ter- me but the the horrible like 
sinking with the facial and the that is dialogue. there is some it's rough really stuff. Yeah. well you can tell that the people puppeteering were not the ones who did the dialogue because yeah. they recorded that later as adr and yeah. that's i mean matching your adr to a puppet it's is hard. not easy yeah i just think they maybe should have just done a seat done it cg no i think i that, respect that i they think they tried that to do it this way I, I think doing it as puppets is fine. I mean, the, the plot is are great. great, though. Plot's great. The Be, voice acting is great. Voice acting. I mean, Mark Hamill as the scientist Skeksis is yeah. um, is great. It's, he's kind of doing like a like a he's sort a of the Joker, Joker, yeah. But he's also he's, uh, the thing that I got from that is actually that like Mark Hamill would be a great star scream. Yeah, he would. Like, oh, yeah. Like if, even I'm surprised he hasn't been cast as that already. Well, he's very expensive. Yeah. But, like, Charlie Adler costs a lot less, and Charlie Adler is also a very good star scream. Yeah. But um, the... Uh, I'm enjoying it. With, I with just the saw reboot everyone of, else is, like, over the moon over it. I'm like, I'm not there. Well, part of it is just, like, I wasn't expecting this thing to be that good. And it's also sort of a, a you know, a fan makes good thing, because they've been trying to get that thing made for, like, seven or eight years. Yeah. You can tell... I mean, there's so much fan love in that show. I mean, I'm vaguely familiar with a bunch of stuff from Dark Crystal, but, like... There's not just references to the movie in that that show. They're referencing the comic books that no one read. They're referencing the tie-in novel. They're, yeah. I mean, and you don't need to know any of that to like the show. But like they did their whole. You can tell this was percolating in someone's head since the movie came out. Like yeah. this is this is some really like in-depth stuff, and it doesn't have that Netflix sag in the middle. Like the the story moves no, and everything better, comes I together, think. and it gets better and better yeah. and better and. And it, it, it's good. Like, I really love it. I mean, if, if puppets don't do it for you, puppets don't do it for you. And, and yeah, I, the it, whole, like, hopping, like, animation when they walk. Yeah, I mean, like, they are this, Muppets. They are very much Muppets. And, I the, just, it, and there's that house style to how Muppets move that you can see periodically. Yeah. Like, especially when they're, like, doing their comedy stuff and, like, they do that Muppet sort of, like, no, you're right. Because like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's probably some of the same puppeteers that have been doing well, that um, stuff. Yeah. Kevin Clash, who did Elmo for years and years, is one of the main puppeteers through a bunch of it. Uh, so, like, yeah, like you're seeing a lot of the comedy stuff, you're seeing the guy who did Elmo. Like, think about you Elmo. Yeah. You can see it. You can absolutely yeah. see it. The body sure. language is there. Okay, let's move on. Tangent. Yep. We do that sometimes <laughs> here on Game Face. Speaking of things no one, you know. Yeah, I have a feeling most of our audience back. probably doesn't care about Dark Crystal, but I absolutely do. I like, you're talking about being like. That tween age, yeah. and st- like Dark Crystal was that for me. Like that's where I was when I saw it, and so I have, I have a Although huge affinity. The for original it. Dark Crystal movie was similar to the Final Fantasy stuff in the sense that when I saw it, I'm like, did I miss? I don't understand <laughs> what is happening yeah. here. Like I felt like there was backstory and world building that I just wasn't old enough to piece together myself. And I rewatched it like when it came out on DVD, and I still think it's pretty sketchy. Like. The fact that this show can do like these lo- like moving, sh- you know, the camera. I don't think the camera's locked down in a single shot in the show, which is they've never done that with. There's before. there are some, yeah. but it's like the camera's always moving. The camera's mm-hmm. always always moving around, which was you know most of the original movie is is lockdown shots because that's how puppets were done. Yeah, um, the cinematographer for this the show like. The first day, he like started moving the camera around, like, the, whoa, and, the, whoa, and, the, whoa. and the puppeteers are like, "Whoa, whoa, what are you <laughs> doing? What, what is this?" Like the, the the director came and he's like, "I want to do an Aaron Sorkin like walk and talk like tracking shot through the castle." And they're like, "We can't do that." They're like, no, we can't. He's like, and "Well, that's not it. what we do." And they do it. Yeah. I mean, they, they they revolutionized how to shoot Muppets in this. I just would argue that maybe Muppets have had their day in court. I I I mean, you're not wrong, but like that's also sort of the appeal of this. Is it's, it's like claymation. It's like, yeah. is anyone ever going to think claymation is like? Realistic look. I mean, actually, yeah, because Coraline looks some almost indistinguishable. Yeah, from, there yeah. Studio Leica makes stuff that, that everyone thinks is CG, and that's part of their problem. Right? Is they don't realize that, that it's actually they don't realize that Kubo and the Two Strings was animated by freaking hand. It's unreal. But like, 
you know, but I appreciate I appreciate the art of it. I, pre- I do too. I, you know, it's yeah. it's and, and the story is great. Like when you're looking at like these huge shots with all these puppets and all this stuff, and you're like, that's real. Like yeah. they built that. They that's did not that. a CG. There yeah. is a, there's some good CG in the show too. There though. is. They do a real good job of making them consistently like that. And it blends like, like what you said, well. that weird Muppet movement. Yeah. They get the CG models to do that. They too. do because they have and to. Be, but they get it to believably work when you can see their feet. Right. And it's like right. that's amazing. <laughs> like the fact that they figured out a walk cycle that works for that movement yeah. is great. Like I love it. I, I think my biggest problem is that the Gelflings to me are like horrid. They look so awful. Like I don't want to even look at them. Like they, I don't think so, but I can totally see why there would be like an uncanny valley. They're effect just so on unattractive. Like, yeah. I mean, they've always been sort of like yeah. that. Anyway. And now there's more of them. I, so. like also, I love that they remembered that the original movie is super gross. Oh, yeah. And this, the show well, has they, all they that stuff the, in. Like the nose, nose thing. Nose, goo, everyone. All, yeah. all the eating scenes are uh, horrible. I mean, the only thing I remembered for years from that movie is the horrible eating scene with the Skeksis. Yeah. Um, They're so gross. Yeah, and they I, nail that part yeah. of it. Absolutely. I gotta say, I, I was exp- I went to like a viewing party for this for the Dark Crystal over the weekend, and I was just like, I want to see the puppets, I want to see the techno stuff. I was bl- I am blown away by that. Show. I love it. I, yeah. I was not. I really, ready. I'm really into the story. I, I was not ready to yet, dig but... it as much as I do. So yeah. if you haven't watched it, Same. do it. Like Same. try it on Netflix. Yep. It's really good. Okay, let's move on. We have to. Let's talk about control. Uh, we also discussed this game uh, on our last episode. Both of us had played a handful of hours. Mm-hmm. You a little less than me. Um, the score, the aggregate has not come down for this. It's still firmly a game of the year contender. Now that you've played more, do you agree or disagree that I it should be considered there? I still pretty much agree. Yeah, like, I, I still like it. I have not finished it because uh, I got distracted. I yeah. Um. I mean, you went out of town, so yeah. But like, I am still liking it a lot. Um. I think you know as you get more and more abilities, it just expands and expands and gets more interesting, and it's more interesting to go back and do all the various uh, uh, stuff you couldn't do before. Um, I've kind of enjoyed going back. For once, very rarely does this happen, but I have enjoyed going back and re-exploring the areas that I couldn't get to before with because they're interesting. New flight period abilities and stuff. I love those, you know, the SCP stuff where you're finding all these weird artifacts and like locking them down, and you know, there's a lot of optional stuff with that that I, I think is cool. Story remains interesting once you, you know, once you're you're finally moved forward in what she's trying to do, and like, you know, I think it gets better. Yeah, obviously you do find your brother because that you're showing him in the trailer here. Yeah, uh, and the, and then the story gets really good after that. I mean, there's. Uh, there's there's nothing What's here. What's his name? Sam Lake. Sam Lake is the director and the writer. Yeah, he's a good writer. Co-director. He is. I mean, I think he. I think the Max Paynes were really well written. They were well written. Too. I yeah. Mean, you know, for what I mean, they're 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 of a heightened style. They're a pulp, you know, yeah. crime noir thing. But yeah. like, he nails it. Every whatever he tries to write, he nails. I mean, Alan Wake is a Stephen King novel, and he nails it. He does. Every, I mean, yeah. he's a great. He might be one of the best writers in, in games. games. Yeah. Like, Especially in terms of like picking a theme and picking a style and saying this is what we're gonna do, like very few people execute the way he does. It's really actually it's actually really impressive and it's really hard to do. Yep. Now that I've also gotten over the hump as far as like learning the gameplay systems and everything, I've uh, I've also found that the combat gets better as it goes mm-hmm. on, and a lot of the things that bothered me in the first few hours don't bother me anymore because I've kind of learned how the game wants me to do stuff. Um, and it's just been a smooth ride. I feel like the difficulty is pretty perfectly tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, I get frustrated just enough to be like, oh, no. Like, they're not going to beat me like that for me to come back. Not to the point where I'm like, well, screw that. I'm done. Like, I don't want to experience this anymore. The plot keeps getting better. 
Um, I it, I was surprised, honestly, when you found – we kind of spoiled that a little bit, I guess, but now that we've already said it, I was kind of surprised how early you do find the brother. Yeah. Like, well, I, I thought mean, that the, was, I mean, like, he's, the he's end in the trailers. So. He is, but – I thought that was like going to be the end game. Like you yeah. finally find him, and then it ends. But I mean, I was still expecting that. I mean, okay, I'm like two thirds through, and I'm yeah. like, nope. Like, yeah, it's it's, actually, it's not a long game, but like the story is more uh, is more intelligently structured than I was originally giving it credit for. Yeah, that's basically that's what I'd say. Is I was expecting it to be this structure, and it's actually this other structure, which is way more interesting. Um, which is actually one of the reasons that I am again more so. Praise, praising Sam Lake in the way I am because it was already pretty good, but the way he kind of takes it and twists it and runs with it is even better. And I would say as a gameplay first guy, as I've said many times about myself, uh, the gameplay in this is great. Yeah. Like it, and it just keeps, it doesn't pile stuff on. It just keeps adding like new thin layers on top of it. Um, I like that. It combat always, is ju- it's just fun. I like that it always is giving you something to do like there's there is almost no downtime even though both of your methods of interaction have like stamina bars yeah like you have ammo and you have like power for the psychic abilities but like once one is out the other is probably ready and you can tweak each one to kind of empower the other so you're never stuck having to like sort of just take cover and and wait for your stuff to recharge like there's i i very rarely find that i have no offensive ability um which is great because one of the problems with like these psychic telekinetic games in the past has been like well you're out you right gotta, you gotta right. wait you know <laughs> but they they the, the flow is continually there in this game well i think great. i feel like the game the way it's designed it forces you to use all the mechanics yes. you can't just lean on one thing but then you don't want to because each one of them is fun like i like mm-hmm. i said when we talked about it the first time like i found that i use the telekinesis to finish enemies off I light them up, get them to where they're almost done, and then I just pick up something and just toss it at it. It's so satisfying to finish them off with a big chunk of rebar mm-hmm. and concrete to the face. Like, I mean, I my thing is, like, I mean, I love it when they have shields and you take them down, take the shield down with a telekinetic throw, and then you just headshot them. Yeah. Like, but my other yeah. thing is is advancing towards, like, the, the toughest enemy and, like, hitting him with, the, with my guns usually. And as the side enemies show up, just picking something up and just... Throwing it, just like casually, like nailing them one because usually they take one or one hit or two, and even if it, they don't die, whatever you throw at them will generally knock them off their feet, which right. gives, lets you focus more on the guy who's the real threat. Like, there's so many ways to do that and look awesome doing it. Yeah, you want to talk about a game that should be judge, grading you on a on a style scale? Oh, this is like, it. You could do that in this. No oh, absolutely, question. and it would encourage people to explore the combat even more. Um, it's a shame that this game isn't selling better than it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you can do. Like, it's the word of mouth is good. The reviews are good. Um, yeah, why do you think it is that people aren't interested in it? And it was this way all along. On Sifted, it never did well. I wasn't interested until I played it. Yeah, like, I, why, though? I don't, it just, I don't think it looks very interesting. It's, yeah. it's a lot of gray and black and... Um, and white. And white. <laughs> and, like, just it's, it's just, like, you look at it and you're just like, oh, it's just people. And, like, if you don't, and it looks like kind of like the standard, like, I mean, the the, the setting and the, and the themes and the and the atmosphere work when you're in it. But when you're just looking at this, it looks like just kind of a little little by rote horror. It's hard to describe the game to someone in a 30 second TV yeah, spot. Yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't slice well, yeah. I guess is That's what I'm saying. That's a good I'd way to say. put it, actually. Yeah. Um, do you I'm, think it's a game of the year contender? 
I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know if it would be for me. I mean, it depends how it's gonna how it turns out in the end. Like, I, I need to finish it, but it's up there. Um, and it were someone, and even if I d- didn't pick it as one, if were someone to pick it as one, I would definitely understand exactly what they're talking about. I think it absolutely is. I think in a lot of years it wouldn't be, but I think in 2019 it absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, I'm still at this point. Like I remember we were talking about uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake earlier in the year and it got really high scores and we both loved it but we were both like yeah it's a game of the year contender now but you know as the year wears on it still is and now it still is yeah and so i think this game as well has a shot at the end of the year obviously q4 is here we're going to get a lot of big stuff over the next few months but as it stands right now this is one of the better games i've played this year yeah and i mean it's it's a surprise to me as well i mean like i said I think I even said like the week of the week before it came out when like we you, you showed like the trailer or something. I'm like I don't care about this game. Yeah, like, there's nothing about this game that makes it looks interesting to me, and I don't know what they needed to communicate that like would have made. And the only reason I played it is because I knew we were going to talk about it. Yep. If it wasn't for that, again, it's another one of those games where if I wasn't on this show, I would probably have never played it, or at least I wouldn't have played it until like the price dropped and I'd seen all the positive word of mouth. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what they could have done differently. To make me think otherwise on that, I don't. I just it just. I mean, five hundred five promoted the living crap out they of it. Did. There are dozens of trailers for this game. Um, launch week, I think they put out three basically launch trailers. I just I'm struggling to find to figure out where it went wrong. I, I just know. can't put my finger on it. It just looks so not generic but it just looks so normal i don't i don't know i i can't describe why it doesn't it does because it doesn't look like you're doing anything particularly interesting and like they i mean they blew the doors in the trailer like they're throwing stuff around and you're you're and maybe maybe the appeal of it is really that it feels good to play and that's hard to communicate it always is you know, hard like, to communicate that it's that's just, why people rely on us a lot of times yeah. that's what we can try to convey that a tv commercial can't but I, I hope, like, somehow it gets a resurgence and ends up doing well. It deserves to do well. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see, like, uh, like Microsoft step up and, and drop a chunk of change on it and put it on Game Pass to, to get more people to play it, really. I, I'm, I would be shocked if Remedy isn't a really, like, high target for acquisition. I mean, it should be. There's, I mean, there has been a lot of talk of Remedy being bought by Sony. Because if you um, could guide them just a little bit, I mean, they have mm-hmm. the technical prowess, they have the great writing. These guys they could can they tell could, these guys could definitely make a God of War. Oh yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like if yeah. if Sony was like, hey, here's this IP we have, um, we're gonna let you develop it, and we'll have a couple consultants who worked on mm. the last couple games in the series. You want to know who could make Siphon Filter something worth playing? Yeah, these that's guys. A, that's actually a good point. That's a that would be a great franchise for them to tackle. So. I hope it ends up doing better than it's doing right now, but it's not looking good. No. Um, I mean, clearly they've been acknowledged by the press and by the, a lot of the people who did play it as having done something really special here. But the sales just aren't reflecting it so far. Yeah, which is a disappointment. But it's not over yet. I think a lot of people right now are hoarding cash for Q4. Uh, they don't want to spend all their money in September or August when they may need to save it to buy some big stuff in uh, October, November, December. Mm-hmm. Eth Demon maybe, has a good question there. What? What is it? Eth Demon. Uh, Eth Demon. Inverse the question for the reason. Why is Astral Chain selling well? 
uh, because Nier's obscene word of mouth pushed people to buy Astral Chain, for example. What's Remedy's last one, Alan Wake? I don't think uh, it's that so much as Switch exclusives do really well in general. Yeah. Uh, also, um, th- that Japanese dude has a good one, Infamous. With Let Remedy mm, work on Infamous. That would be a good one. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. actually. Um, I don't know that Remedy has a lot of experience with open world games, per se, but... But the, but like Infamous's problem wasn't the open world so much as balancing how the how the powers felt with the standard combat and like if you if you switch if you swap the gun out for shooting like lightning beams yeah you basically have Infamous you do yeah I mean because all the same a lot of the same powers and things mm-hmm. like that are are in Infamous so and part of my issue I mean I love the Infamous games and I love Sucker Punch uh, but I always felt that the Infamous games didn't ever quite go crazy enough with the powers yep and. Agreed. This, I think, does. I also never really liked the characters in Infamous. Like, the one, it was, like, a dude bro with, like, a beanie. Like, <laughs> yeah. for whatever reason, like, the characters in that series just never really resonated with me. Yeah, Del- I think it was Delson, I think was yeah, his name, yeah. like, in yeah. Second Son. Like, yeah, yeah he was uh, kind of a tool. Um, but then so was Everett. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a character more instantly disliked by people than Zeke in the original Infamous. Um, his, 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 Cole's best friend. Um, the guy who kind of looked like Elvis. Yeah. Um, and how like, oh, I hate Mike. You're not supposed to, like, like he's not supposed to be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> but um, Airbus Jones brings up a good point. Uh, history shows games like this will be half price within a month. I don't think it'll be half price in a month. Um, and then someone else followed it up with Hitman Two and Shadow of the Tomb Raider were in control. Probably will be as well. So yeah. It is kind of hard to recommend that somebody buy this at full price right now, knowing that probably... Because, look, this isn't a Nintendo game. It will drop in price, and it won't take that long for yeah. it to happen. And so. actually, the Tomb Raider's a good good comparison there. Yeah. If Tomb Raider dropped in price a month or two after it came out, then this is kind of headed in that same direction. Yeah. I so. wonder, is there is there a connection there between it being like a single-player-only game? And that is there no rush to get in because the online I mean, community is not going to drop? It's hard because, like... My first example was going to be like, well, it didn't happen to God of War, but then God of War is like this transcendent game that, yeah. that it's not really fair to compare it. Because, it, look, there's no way also, Remedy had as much time and resources as... Right, and also for so God of War, you can show a, a man with a giant magic axe fighting a troll the size of a building. Right. And yeah. in this, it's just someone shooting a guy. Yeah, you know? with a weird morphing gun. Like, it's very hard to communicate in visual visually with this game how what you're doing is different than what you do in all these other shooting games. Yep. And I think I would argue the audio in this game is really important, too. Yeah. And you really true. don't get that from typical game marketing. Mm-hmm. So, look, Matt and I both love Control. Um, it's hard for us to tell you to go buy it right now at full price because I think Erebus is right. I, th- I don't think it'll be in a month, but... By by Thanksgiving, by November, late November, you'll be able to get yeah. this during Black Friday sales for probably like half off. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we recommend you wait till Black Friday and buy it then. Yeah, yeah. I hate to do it. I hate but... to say that. Like, if Sam were were standing in the room right now, I probably wouldn't say it, but he's not here. So mm-hmm. just oh, Sam all. Lake. Yeah, okay, not not our old Tricaster TD. <laughs> Like Sam wouldn't care. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, gonna, it's not the Patriots. You yeah, know. I mean, I I try to convince people to buy games like this because I want more of them. You yeah. know, but 
at the same time, it's their money, and I don't want to like steer them wrong. Well, also, and, I mean, you're you're in an industry where like first week sales like are everything, are everything, and so like the ship is kind of sailed. It has. So I hate to say you it. Might as well do what's right for yeah, you. Yeah, you don't consumer. see many games that don't chart well like a few weeks later hitting number one. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like it happens with music a lot, with albums and things like that. Like every but, once in a while, you get a game that has legs. Again, near Automata. Yeah, yeah. I think, that is, game is an sold of that. sold moderately well for an extremely for a long, long time, period of time. Yeah. yeah. But that's pretty rare in games. So there you go. Our final takes yeah. on control. Well, at this point, I do kind of hope that Remedy gets bought by someone just to keep them alive. They deserve to keep making games. This is a great team of people. For sure. Yep. They have a lot of talent, a lot of skill. And I think aesthetically, they yeah. are very skilled as well, which is that X factor that most you can't buy, really. No. No. There are a lot of studios that are technically proficient. I think maybe you're starting to see that with like 343 with Gears. It's like technically, yeah, they're all over it. It looks great, but they, and I think you're seeing it with the last couple of Halos. Like they just don't have that special sauce. They don't have that that pixie dust sprinkled on it. Like you cannot, you can't really hire people to do that. Like either your studio has it or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. I would not be shocked if Remedy is purchased in the next, like, eight months. I'll put it to you that way. And I would agree with you. It probably would be Sony because Microsoft already went on a shopping spree. And I would also argue that Microsoft really blew it by not buying Remedy and buying some of the other studios that it did. Yeah, I mean, they kind of had their opportunity when they were doing the Alan Wake stuff. Yeah, or Quantum Break. Quantum Break. I mean, if any studio, if any publisher was going to buy them, it should have been Microsoft. Like, I don't know. Weird. So anyway, that's uh, Control. Probably the last time we talk about it until Black Friday when we tell you to go buy it for reals. <laughs> I mean, look at that. I mean, this is this is as close as you're going to get to Jean Grey with a gun. Oh, yeah. I mean, really. Like, yeah. This is basically what it is. is, is, is there's an X-Men element to it, too. Yeah, I mean, I you like. can really see the telekinesis stuff here and how it can, it's just seamlessly integrated into the gunplay and... And, like, the fact that everything gets damaged. like when Oh, yeah. Yeah, the damage model is unreal. When you're done in a, in a fight, you could you could come in and look at the area and kind of re-piece together what happened. What happened, yeah. Because you don't remember what is going on sometimes because yeah. it's so hectic. And then you look around, you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's where I snagged that, like, mm-hmm. five-foot piece of concrete out of the wall and flung it at that dude. Yeah. So, anyway, there you go. That's Control. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Cyberpunk 2077. Don't talk about this game on the show. Actually, we haven't talked about it really on the show for a mm-hmm. long time because it held the E3 demo hostage all the way through E3, all the way through Gamescom, and just finally they released it this mm-hmm. past week, showing off what we had seen back in June. You think that's a good tactic, Matt? Who cares? Yeah. Like, what I mean, are they really, going to do? I mean, look, not in relation to this game because this game is bulletproof. Like, yeah. It's going to sell like crazy no matter what. It's it's a done deal. But do you think in general when promoting games, do you think games that aren't like this could get away with what CD Projekt Red's I mean, been I th- doing? I think it depends when they come out. Yeah. You know, it's all about the release date. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's advantageous, sometimes it's not. Like, I think it would have been advantageous to release the E3 demo of Avengers earlier. In fact, I think the leak proves that, that people, like, softened their opinion on it yeah. just after they first saw that off-screen can- like, leaked stuff. Uh, and then, of course, they did follow up on that with actually releasing it at Gamescom. Yep. Um, Which I mean, Cyberpunk I, didn't. Yeah, <laughs> no. Project Red didn't. I mean, I don't really know why that happened. I assume it's somewhat tied into the the way you don't want to you know, show stuff early because then people do the whole thing where they're 
comparing it to the you know Puddlegate and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Did or, you I mean, see to this though? day there are still people making mods for Witcher Three that quote fix the lighting to the way it should have been you know <laughs> off the old demo and it's just like it's hard to blame them you know there's a lot less early footage being shown in general and I think that's why. Did you have you watched this? Uh, Did you see it at E3? No, okay. I, haven't, I haven't actually seen any of this. Oh, okay. Um, well, there is like this huge, and it's been cut out of our B-roll, but there's this huge disclaimer that they run that it's like, I feel like CD Projekt Red is so far up its own ass right now. And I mean, for good reason, everybody's gushing over the game and telling them they can do no wrong. But there's like this big disclaimer that it's like, so the trailer starts and it shows a bunch of new stuff. And then it stops and there's a disclaimer saying, there's going to be stuff in here that is things you've never seen before. It's Hmm. like, yeah, I'm watching a trailer for a video game. Obviously, I want to see stuff I've never seen before. So they show a bunch of stuff you've never seen before, then put the disclaimer up, then show more stuff that you've never seen. But like, I've never seen anything like that in in a piece of media from a publisher or a developer where they kind of show you stuff that basically what they're saying is I we know to some of you guys that literally anything is a spoiler. Like mm-hmm. that's basically what the message is saying. We've talked about it before on Game Face about how some people are so aggro over spoilers that it's ridiculous. The way that they kind of couch it, it makes them think that all their fans are that way. And after based honestly, after what I've gone through with Cyberpunk 2077, they're right. Like their fans are psycho, Matt. Some of them are like insane, like insane. Like if you took them to a psychiatrist, I think that they would probably be put on meds. Like they recognize it, and they're like saying, "Look, if you don't want to know anything about this game, first of all, why are you? Why did you click on this? But second of all, stop right now, because there's something new that you might see that could mm. ruin a hundred hour game." Like, well, the spoiler phobia, th- this stuff is completely out of control at this point. I, it's I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with. It. I mean, it, it all it all reminds me of I think the first time I really noticed it was when they showed Mass Effect 2 at E3 and what the demo was the opening of the game. It was where you're running around the Normandy and they're being attacked and yeah, at the end of yeah. the end, you know, Shepard ends up getting blown out the airlock saving the ship and dies and falls to the planet. And people lost their minds. They thought that they that they'd showed the ending of the game because <laughs> Shepard died. And I, I was I remember specifically saying like why would they do that? No one would do that. Uh so who cares? I, I that's clearly the beginning of the game. Like he's gonna come back and there's gonna be some clone like, well, so, you know clearly there was more to it. They didn't just show you that Bioware's not gonna show you the end of their game as their demo. That doesn't make any sense. But they didn't want to hear any of it. They didn't care. And like there's people that consider gameplay mechanics spoilers. There's yeah. people that consider casting decisions spoilers. There's people that I saw a thing where there was that thing where the um, the article was uh, articles about how like uh, the first some of the first part of uh, Dave Chappelle's new uh, stand-up show on Netflix like has a lot of transphobic stuff and a lot of like really questionable jokes and a lot of punching down. And people were not I mean people were complaining about political correctness or whatever but there are other people in the comments on those articles and on like the you Twitter spoiled threads the joke complaining like well thanks for spoiling the joke <laughs> and I'm like I, 
<laughs> what? Like, oh man. I mean, I mean, I guess, but like, <laughs> then why did you read the article? Right. Like, yeah. People, people in like threads about the new Star Wars movie, screaming about how I didn't want to know that. Then why are you in a thread about see, the Star Wars movie? Like, it see, that's why it. I said like CD Projekt Red is up its own ass. People are like, I'm on media blackout. Then why are you on the internet? In because a, that disclaimer in a, in a Twitter was... thread about the game you don't want to hear anything about. I mean, that disclaimer was basically CD Projekt Red telling people who don't care that much about it that maybe they should because other people do. Like, they're saying, like, anything we show is going to be a spoiler to some people, mm -hmm. but probably not the people that are watching this. So who are we giving this message to? Probably the people that they don't want to send them death threats and That's stuff. Possible. I mean, I mean yeah. you're, you're trying to head off. The, having dealt with having, that audience. Yeah, a deluge of people that, valid. Are, yeah, that are freaking out about what they what you showed them. And, like, that doesn't make any sense to me, but, like, the, they, they are the ones who received the emails, so I assume they must have found that this was a necessary thing to put in there. Yeah. And, frankly, seeing how some people treat what they consider spoilers, I, it's hard to blame them. Yeah. I just wonder, those people, to me, would never click on the video to watch it in the first No, they place. would. Oh, they would. <laughs> that takes no sense. None. Not everything in life does, I guess. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, if I don't want to know something about something, I don't really care about spoilers. But if I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to watch that, so I might as well just like, I don't find it that hard to avoid them. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't it's not a big deal. To, like, I don't work super hard or do media blackout stuff or anything. But like, I went into Avengers Endgame knowing almost nothing about what happens in that movie beyond what the trailer showed. And I, it's and not you like, are in all the places where I'm stuff in all the like places should have been. And spoiled. I discuss that stuff constantly, yeah. and I talk to people that work Didn't on the happen. movies and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not that hard. It's really not. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. It's. I just think it's more manufactured. I mean, sure age. when I mean sure when you're like in a situation like with that uh, when like the second to last Harry Potter book came out and everybody's just running around posting you know uh, Dumbledore uh, Snape kills Dumbledore on everything. Yeah, that's and, pretty. Like, brutal. Driving by the lines of people and lying to buy the books, like screaming <laughs> it out the car window. Like, yeah, I mean that's that's, evil. that's a problem. I don't know why I just laughed at that. <laughs> it was now a, I feel evil. It was a bit of a cackle. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that is evil. That's just mean spirited. So. Uh, I guess we should talk about what they actually show in it, which is um, what what I talked about the first time I saw Cyberpunk was how you could play it just completely how you want and how it can be so different from how somebody else plays it. And they really focus on that in this one. They basically set up a mission and they show you two ways to play it. You can go in guns blazing or you can play it with gadgets and subterfuge. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this demo demonstrates that more than the one that they, or than the footage that they've released before. Uh, they also f uh, profile two factions. They show off one district of the city. Um, obviously they showed in some of the footage that there are motorcycles and other ways of getting around. Uh, they just kind of focus more on the open world and the environment and the people that you're gonna run into. Uh, they're basically starting to flesh out the world now. Mm -hmm. it, the, the way that they've marketed this, minus that disclaimer, which rubbed me the wrong way, is pretty freaking genius, though. You can see that they've had a plan all along. And to be fair, they had a long time to formulate the plan, but it's very smart. Like, they they tease the stuff at first to the press. The press goes out, evangelizes it, shares it with everybody. Everybody gets hype. Video comes out. People are like, oh, the press was right. You know, this game looks crazy. And then they just start giving you an IV drip of little bits of information just getting you into the world of the game uh, and i felt like after watching this media that they just released that 
I know kind of the environment that I'm going to be living in for 80 hours or so now, way better than I did before. When you get kind of these little disparate um, bursts of, hey, here's this character. He's shady and you get jobs from him and then you see him for like a minute and then you don't hear from him again. So um, one thing I will say is like the one trailer shows the one NPC getting killed, but then in this they say we're showing you a section of the game that's pretty far into the game and the guy's there. And before they said where he died was er an early part of the game. So I don't know. Maybe yeah, a lot of things. I mean, this isn't in the game now. What? The character creation stuff is, is different now. Oh, it is? They said like there's no male or female choosing. You just design the body and pick a voice and pick a pronoun and that's who you are. Interesting. So there's no like binary like male female gender choice now. Uh, so there's going to be a, they're they're clearly tweaking this as they go. So who knows what what's going to end up in the final? Well, the last time we talked about this game, quite a while it's back, monofilament whips. Yeah, last time we talked and about the whole this thing game, with like the no third person cutscene announcement. Yeah, that, yeah, which is, which is weird because we've already seen third. Yeah, what I, what I actually think that is is I think that they need to do that to get it done in time. Probably, and and, and I would not surprise me if. Um, like later on when we get like the inevitable game of the year enhanced it has, it has third, third person, person cutscenes added in yeah. because those take time yep but this definitely shows the flexibility of the game it shows off the world a lot more i don't really feel like i need to see much more of this game no this i point. mean you're it, I, not I, that i would intentionally I go on media like blackout or anything but i mean yeah i mean frankly i mean i was in the instant they showed the title you know i mean yeah. in 2012 like right. it's just like i mean whatever cd project red makes i will play based on this ip um yeah. even throne breaker which <laughs> i feel like i'm the only one who played you that can't sometimes. win them all <laughs> <laughs> i mean i like that game but like it yeah. was um maybe maybe not what people expect i would really be curious to see the pre-order numbers for this game like Probably really curious pretty good i mean i mean look it's, it's hyped through the roof but you know with in conjunction with the fact that pre-order numbers are way down, mm -hmm. it would be interesting to see how many people have taken the plunge on this already and are just Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's got a long way to go until really the, the release date is imminent. Yep. I, I feel like most of the pre-orders right now would just be for people for the collector's edition. Um, which how I, do you like the glitching while you're playing the game? I don't mind it. Like, I'm sure you can improve that. Like, I bet that's an upgrade. Something you can, you can upgrade like, you can to get rid upgrade of Upgrade stability or visual little stuff or something. There's, you know, cyberpunk stuff, is there's always some way to tweak something to, like, make it work better um, or, like, you know, that kind of thing. I, I'm sure there's a way to, to lessen that. Um, but I do enjoy that one of, like, kind of the, the – it's almost like screen tearing is a feature in right. this game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it is. It, to me, it could get distracting if it is, like, all game long. When you're in combat, you're getting these weird mm. tears and glitches. I'm sure there's some story-related thing. Yeah, I bet you can get better eyes or something. Yeah, you know, like maybe that's like what that. it is. Maybe one of your eyes is malfunctioning at that moment mm -hmm. or something like that. Who knows? Um, but I trust CD Projekt Red to, to get it right. Yeah. If there's a handful of developers that I would trust with stuff like that, that they're definitely one of them. So. For sure. And, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm... Yeah, I don't need to see. It. It's kind of like how like a lot of the Zelda stuff. It's like I, I'm fine. You know, I'm gonna play you, it. You got me. I'm, I'm good. You don't <laughs> Done need to deal. Uh, but because this isn't based on a big IP, do you think it's been the right? Because that's why I'm saying why, why I'm curious to see the pre-order numbers for this because it's not an existing IP. I mean, The Witcher had two games before The Witcher Three had built a fan base. 
But um, except The Witcher Three was exponentially more popular than those first two games. Like yeah, oh yeah, like for sure. Literally millions of people who have played The Witcher Three have never touched one and two. Yeah, but the two two sold. I would never tell them to touch one. Two sold anyway. very well though. Two sold well, but it did not sell like Witcher Three. Right, but it still had two games to build a, a fan base before kind of they they delivered their opus. Sort of, but I don't think that fan base was particularly relevant to Witcher Three's runaway success. It was it was the fact that it was a really good game. I'm and just trying to think of. Games that have sold, say, over 10 or 15 million units that weren't based on an existing IP. It's hard to find. Um, might have to look. I mean, Splatoon. Yeah. Um, Nintendo Nintendo does it pretty often, frankly. Um, And, like, I mean, the other thing is, like, Cyberpunk may not be a known IP, but it sure is a known thing. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to tell someone it's a known what cyberpunk style is. or setting. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's handy that the IP is called cyberpunk because it's uh, it, it is what it is and it does what it says. Um, so I don't think you need to worry about that too much. Also, like, I mean, Sessler was tweeting with his data company when during E3 about how you know the number one game that everyone talks about all the time at all times online is Fortnite. Yeah, and when this thing was in the Microsoft press conference. Uh, Mention and discussion of this game was four times what Fortnite was. That and Keanu Reeves thing was, was a stroke of genius. Keanu Reeves, and that broke into the mainstream press and became yep. a whole thing. Um, I would say uh, there may be no more effective way of getting an unknown IP out there. I mean, it's an advantage that the name of the IP is a genre that people all you know people recognize. Um, and now they've got, I mean, they got Keanu Reeves in it, who was the star of the most popular cyberpunk film ever made. Uh, the Matrix. Yep. Um, there is no better way to synergize anything they're doing here. I mean, I mean, they and some of it was luck, like the fact that that counter thing took off. The fact that that breathless interaction happened is pure, pure serendipity. But it still happened, and it counts. I mean, it's. Uh, I don't think this game could be in a better position right now, and we'll see how they play it between now and March. There's a lot of time between now and then. Yep. Who knows what their plans are. Um, but I, I can't really fault anything they're doing here uh, in terms of trying to get this out to the masses. As soon as you start advertising this on, like, March Madness or something, I think you got a runaway hit on your hands. What percentage of the 30-second TV spot that they're going to run on TV is going to have Keanu, Oh, it would definitely end with Keanu Reeves, like, <laughs> you know leaning it. down and saying, like, we got to go to work or whatever, yeah. that, whatever that line is yeah. at the end where he picks you up off the street. And you, it's smart. I mean, they should they should do that, but I think that's going to be kind of their marketing crutch. For sure. To hit the mainstream going forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, Again, a stroke of genius. If you got Keanu in, in your in whatever you're doing, you need to push Keanu because Keanu is – I mean. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah, it's hot again. I just watched John Wick 3 on the flight back to L.A. from the East Coast. And it's going to keep going because Bill and Ted 3 is next year. And yeah. uh, it's it's he, ju- he just turned 55, just had a yeah. birthday this week. You can tell in John Wick 3, like, he can't run anymore. Like, he has mm. this weird, like, giddy-up. Like, it's so weird watching him do these crazy action sequences and kind of, like, limp in between the moves. Have you noticed that? Not real. I mean, yeah, I think he's that, got some weird kind of like gait problem. I or think something. that might intentionally be Wick, though. Oh, really? Like that, he ru- it's like part of the role he runs like I that. I think. So. I mean, he's gotten the shit beat out of him in the last two movies. Yeah, and, like, yeah. John Wick three takes place pretty close after two, and it he's does, been yeah. beat the hell to hell and back in that movie. So like, the movie wasn't great. I think, I think that action might, scenes were. But. I think that might. Well, yeah. I mean, the, even they started to get a little like tiresome after a while because some of those fights lasted like they 30 do go minutes. on. Um, I mean, I like the John Wick movies, but there is an element yeah. of like. 
they are not there for the story. They are there for they're being made by st- stuntmen and people who love action scenes to do like the best imaginable action scenes. Really and, gory, too. and the rest of it is sort of just there to like as as a framework to hang those things on. And I'm fine. It's it's like the raid, you know. It's like uh, you know the raid is just like it's an excuse to have awesome martial arts scenes, yeah. and it doesn't really matter that the, the story is basically like an NES video game. Like it's yeah, it's fine. It's gun porn. Get John to the Wick. get to the top of the building. Yeah. Go like that's fine. Yeah, right. I get it. Yeah, so yeah, I, th- I think uh, I I I would put it this way: I would certainly not argue with being on the receiving end of Cyberpunk's revenue. Oh yeah, at this point, like I think they're going to do quite well. Yep, absolutely, and they're going to have such a huge installed base. Them putting yeah. it out right at the end of the gen. Right before the new gen, yeah, and then to be forward compatible with the new gen stuff and have another yeah. reason to play it, yeah, and like it's yeah, it's gonna do well. And I bet I bet you that'll coincide with whatever update with the multiplayer they do, and like which oh we forgot to mention yeah. they just confirmed that when we the last multiplayer time we talked, will come. It is coming. It's coming after launch, but it, they yeah, which I said like. We, the last time we talked about it, they had said that they were, like, focus grouping it and, like, working on ideas. Well, mm-hmm. I guess they've come up with an idea they're happy with, and it is going to happen. They're going to have multiplayer eventually, but mm-hmm. it's coming after launch. That's fine by me. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I'm kind of psyched for that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities with all the tools. It's also are... like they've never done that before. Right, yeah. Outside of Gwent. It could be bad, too. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Resident Evil. Uh, It leaked out last week that, actually didn't leak out, Capcom kind of announced it with a teaser website that a brand new Resident Evil game is going to be shown at Tokyo Game Show. In fact, it's going to be playable at Tokyo Game Show. Um, Basically what they're calling it right now is Project Resistance. Mm. Uh, So maybe it's Resident Evil Resistance or whatever. so we or thought it was a remake of three. What'd you say? Or there's a remake of three. Oh, that's true. Actually, I didn't even really think about it's that. It's kind of like people working in, in a, you know, you're sort of a resistance against Umbrella's forces and on the ground and on the street in that in that game a little bit. So they launched a teaser website, and there was a link to a YouTube page on the website saying, "Go here to watch the trailer when TGS kicks off." Well. <laughs> People datum went into YouTube and somehow got like into the back end of YouTube and data mined thumbnails from the video. Mm. So there are actually four screenshots from the game that have leaked out, and hmm. we have them ready to share with you guys. So there's the first one. Hmm. What does that tell you? Dead by Daylight. Or Left for Dead, or... Something along those lines, like a cooperative zombie survival shooter. Mm. I mean, they game did that as a before. service. I mean, this. That's... Yeah, it was Outbreak, is what it was called. Yeah, yeah, and it was bad. It I was. might add, it was probably the worst Resident Evil game ever released. And then, Jared, if you want to go through the other ones, it just looks like you're playing as a bunch of twenty-something mm-hmm. whatever folks trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. How do you feel about that? Don't care. You don't care? I'm not a huge Resident Evil fan at this point. Like, you, Resident Evil 2 brought me in because that's back when I liked the series. Um, I'm going to pretty much ignore anything new they put out. Really? At this point. I don't care about Resident Evil anymore. Did you ever play Resident Evil 7? No. You never did? No. Not even in PlayStation VR or anything? No. How come? I don't care. 
Okay. I don't, I don't care about horror games really. It takes something real special to get me interested. But like, and I know Resident Evil Seven is considered real special. But like, I have. I mean, so, I wouldn't go that far. But. I have so little interest in the weird family in a house thing that like I can't. I mean, I can't. Like, I'm just not going to take the time out of my life to do it. Like, not a fan of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, then I guess. I do. I like Texas, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I'm like, am I, have I watched like two through five in the Rob Zombie room? And like, no, like I, I saw the original. It's fine. I get it. Like Ed Gein was creepy. Like I, I don't need to play five Outlast games and Biohazard Seven and all this. Sh- like I don't. I, it's not a thing I'm interested in because I mostly just find it tedious. Like I don't. I don't find that stuff scary. I, I do find it more scary than like you're, like a supernatural thing because I do think like crazy people trying to kill you is a thing that could actually happen. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. You know. But like the things that I find creepier are things like like I think Mind Hunter is scary, like the the, the that tone Netflix of that. show. Yeah. The but also, I hate David Fincher. Uh, really? I think I think the only two thing good things he's ever made are Zodiac and Mind Hunter. Interesting. And um and they're both true crime serial killer relate. I mean he's he's at his best doing that because he can put you in that room with that guy they're interviewing to talk about what serial killers are and what they do, and it's scarier than anything you could possibly show me. Just watching this 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 sinister force of a man describe these things so by rote, yeah, is as if terrifying. it's just like going to get lunch. Yeah. And compare that to like, say, I'm in a dirty kitchen and a guy's behind me. I don't care. Like, I don't I mean. Well, this I, is perfect though because this discussion is about what should they do with Resident Evil now. By looking at the screenshots of that prior <laughs> I think game, they should stop. Really? Like it's. I what mean, do I, you think that they could do to get you interested in it again? I mean, you could remake three, I guess. Like, Besides I'm, remaking the old ones. Um, I don't know. Are you at a point in your life where you just don't care about horror games at all? You have no Pretty interest much. in them? I mean, very rarely does a horror game come along that I have any What if they made it like Dying in. Light? An open world kind of thing. I mean, I guess, but you know what? I'd probably just rather play Dying Light 2. Um, because you know what Dying Light 2 has? Chris Avalon. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm just going to flat out assume that anything Capcom does with Resident Evil is not going to be as well written as something Chris Avalon writes. Oh, yeah, I mean, so, that's a pretty safe assumption. And if Dying Light 2 didn't have him on it, I would probably be much less interested, despite how much time I spent playing Dying Light 2. But Although, again, the reason Dying Light was appealing to me was not the horror aspect. It was what I was doing. Open world, parkour. Yeah, and part of the thing, well, the thing with, like, Resident Evil where part of the horror is how shitty the game controls, <laughs> no. Well, I think like, we, we'll no. both agree that that's something that, should be fixed. I mean, I mean, that's one of the reasons I like the Resident Evil 2 remake so much is it doesn't lean on that. Yeah. You know. I mean, I would... Well, I like 4 would, so much because it doesn't lean on that. It lets you have aiming control. It lets you, you know, it it, it puts the, the the character fully under your control and at almost no point in those games do I feel like I got killed or got hit because the controls were, like, struggling against me. I, I, it's my fault. And I, and I accept... But... Every time they give you full control like that, you generally the, the thing that I don't find scary about horror games is the fact that you're going to get out of it. Like you have the tools to overcome whatever situation you're in. You know that it's possible to survive because it's yeah. a video game. Right. Like you know, movies are more effective in that regard to me because anything can happen. You know, Psycho. You can. You know, that was one Anyone of the reasons Psycho die, works yeah. is because you you think this person's the protagonist and then they die two thirds of the way through the movie and you're like, wait, what's now? What? Like, yeah. what? You know, like you can you can swerve that in a way that most games are not going to try to do. Um, frankly, I, fi- I actually I find uh, something like Until Dawn a more compelling idea. I don't find that a very compelling game because I don't think it's executed particularly well. But that idea I think is interesting because it lets you do anything. 
Um, no one's safe. No, anything can happen. Like it's not really up to you how you're controlling it or what you're doing. It's more about like an interactive story. I think that's interesting. Um, but playing yet another Resident Evil game, um, I don't. I, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's in the cards for me. But I mean, it could be any. I mean, I'm not going to say anything they could come up with wouldn't be interesting. Also, like, wow, I'm over zombies. Like, yeah. I just, like, I don't know if that's just because Walking Dead just went on and on and on and just, like, drove it into the ground. I'm just sick of it. But, like, I don't care about zombies. Um, I know Resident Evil's more than that. It's, like, weird creatures running around with giant dagger tongues and the tyrant stuff. And I do enjoy the nemesis. Thing. I've kind of reached that point with zombies as well. Like, because both the Walking Dead shows now are pretty much complete trash. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy being chased around by the nemesis, by the, the tyrant and Mr. T, Mr. X or whatever in, yeah. in Resident Evil 2 Remake and all that. I mean, Mr. T would be awesome. Mr. <laughs> yeah. Chased you around the mansion. <laughs> That's a horror game you would play. Yeah. Well, what was somebody did a mod where it was Shrek? Yeah, was, yeah, that's right. And then yeah. they did the other mod where it was, uh, uh, they just, instead of the creepy music, they had it play X Go and Give It To You. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's great. That's on par with that's when... That's modding goes right. That's on par with, with when they replaced uh, the dragons in Skyrim with Randy Savage. Yeah, yeah, that was great, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, well, look, I, I do care about Resident Evil, and I will play the next Resident Evil, and I did play Resident Evil 7. Even I mean, if it's like a multiplayer, like, Left for Dead, sort of. Well, I mean, then I would just play it because I have to. You have to, right? <laughs> I, look, what I'm seeing of those screenshots, it to me, I don't. That's not Resident. That's not going to be Resident no, Evil. It, it re- I mean, those screenshots. That's going to be another spinoff. Those game. screenshots really make me feel like you're looking at like a Dead by Daylight clone. Yeah, I was really disappointed when I saw those screenshots. I'll put it to you that way. No one in Resident Evil should ever have a Letterman jacket. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I saw these screenshots, I was like, oh, they're just trying to cash in on. Yeah, I, they're I, making their version of World War Z. Because they see, look at what World War Z did. It sold yeah. like crazy. Like, yeah. I don't blame Capcom for doing it. Like, if you're a company, you need to make money. You need to turn a profit yeah. so that you can keep making the game but, that I care about. But, but here's the th- so if it is like a World War Z style thing, is that going to be more interesting to you than, say, the Rainbow Six zombie game? Because I feel like that Rainbow Six zombie game is probably going to have better mechanics. Probably not. I probably would care more about the R, the R6 game. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the gameplay will probably be better there. Exactly. But I don't I don't think that Like that's... I don't know if this is an, an arena that Capcom wants to compete in. Yeah. You know what I mean? The money arena? <laughs> yeah, but I mean like the the more people are in there it's, it's like would you want to make a, a battle royale game now? Uh, I I could see Capcom doing that. Yeah, I, mean, I but, absolutely But could. I feel like you're I feel like that market is just like you, like why would you scrabble for that piece of pie? when so many other people are already on it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it feels like making another Resident Evil game that's more of a standard Resident Evil game. Not a standard, but like building on what 7 did maybe um, would be a smarter move than trying to cash in on the latest multiplayer fad. But like, hey, I don't run a game company, so what do I know? I think the sweet spot for Resident Evil, for me anyway, was Resident Evil 5. 4 was close, but 5 gave you a little bit more options as far as like hand-to-hand and melee stuff, and it wasn't quite as canned. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that it's the best Resident Evil game ever, far from it, but I think as far as, for me, the sweet spot of the gameplay and what you're doing, that kind of hit it. Like, I liked Resident Evil 7 a lot, but the first person view that you played in guaranteed that the melee was going to be weird and awkward. Yeah. It just I mean, does. My problem with 5 was I didn't like that basically to have fun playing that game, you have to play it co-op. Yeah, I mean, I, I could go on a tirade yeah. about the problems with RE5, the, but... The, the Resident Evil, I, I am very doubtful that Resident Evil ever top 4 for me. And I know 4 is like kind of... I mean, oh, it's still it, my favorite. They made it action-y. They made it like, yeah, good. Like, I like... It played like a good game. And I, I, I 
think I've played that game seven or eight times to the com- to completion. Like, and it was it's still great. creepy and scary. Like still they didn't works. completely yeah. abandon no, that yeah, yeah, aesthetic yeah. or anything. But it also like doubles. Down. I mean, look, the monsters, the, the big monsters in in Resident Evil are not scary to me. They're just gross. Yeah, and like. That's fine. Like you don't. It doesn't have. I mean, I find very little scary. I mean, one of the only games I do think is even moderately scary is some, is some of the Silent Hills. Yeah. A uh, couple of the fatal early Fatal Frames, I think, are pretty scary just because they force you to look through the viewfinder, so you're constantly in first right. person and things are jumping in your face. I'm like, yeah. they're just jump scares, but like, yeah, they got me. Fatal Frame Two got me a couple times. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Resident Evil Two got me once when when the tyrant comes through the wall, like made me jump. Uh, Silent Hill got me once when uh, you fight the lizard in the in the basement. Uh, yeah, and then like I'm like okay, and like you get the notes and you know you need to shoot it in the mouth when it opens its mouth. You're like, all right, open your mouth, open your mouth, fucker, open your mouth. And then it opens his mouth and it's just like the head unfurls and it's like ten feet wide. Yeah, I'm like, like, ah, ah don't fuck? open your mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. close it up, close it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, yeah, there's some stuff that I find effective, but like you know, as I get older and I see all the tricks and I've seen it all before, like there's very little. I mean, you got to creep me out, and almost no one can creep me out. Like it's it's hard to creep someone out when you're still giving them the tools to survive the situation. So I tend yeah. my preferred horror stuff tends to be non-interactive. I guess that's how I interesting. It. Uh, but I think it should be the next one should be third person. Um, I think it should. I would definitely prefer a return to third person. Yeah, um, and I get why they did it for seven because it was also a VR game. Right. And they kind of they wanted had to, to change it, it up, and they wanted to make it noticeably different, and that's probably the fastest way to do that. So I'm hoping the next one is third person, not VR. Although I would, <laughs> though I, just, I would say I love that you just like, I didn't see him before. He just, she pulls back and it's like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> not VR. Although I did enjoy the VR for a while before it made me sick mm-hmm. in RE7. I just don't want to sacrifice. I'm never going to play the whole game in VR. So to me, I don't want to sacrifice the viewpoint for the entire game for a novelty that I'm going to mess around with for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to play the game in third person. I think the sweet spot as far as combat and gameplay was RE5 ahead of the RE4 stuff, plus a little extra. Um, as far as structure is concerned, like I'm okay with the old school structure. Like I think Resident Evil 2 proved that to me, the remake. Yeah. Where I was like, you know what? Just being kind of in a, in a claustrophobic Metroid-like environment, it, I think it works best for it. Although four, four, maybe that was maybe that's, that's why four is so good. Yeah. It kind of strikes a perfect balance in between the indoor and the outdoor stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's not like open world or anything like that. No, it's just open areas. Right. And uh, you know, I mean, and part of it was because like we'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. I mean, like like walking around that village and suddenly there's like a hundred people coming at you. like no one ever that was that's that was a new experience well also the, the fact that they would, could run right and they weren't like these foot dragging zombies mm-hmm. i mean that's the other thing the reason i can't get i'm really burning out on zombie everything is the the slow moving zombie trope i just i can't do it anymore i cannot like i when i watch like a walking dead episode now fear the walking dead or the og one my, I roll my eyes at least 10 times during the show because it's just so absurd. Like, the latest episode that was just on this past weekend, like, they're trapped on top of a car. <laughs> and there's, like, two rows of zombies around the car. It's like, just jump over them and run. Like, the way that the trope of, oh, there's zombies here, even though they're slow as crap, I can't get away from them. Like, I can't deal with that anymore. So... The new one has to be third person. It has to have the actions that are available in RE5. It has to have zombies that you're actually scared of and don't move like at half a mile an hour. Those would that would be my wish list for the new Resident mm-hmm. Evil. 
Um, tone, RE4 all the way. Like, I loved RE4. It had some tongue-in-cheek stuff here and there. To me, it was still really creepy and scary at points. Uh, the fact that the zombies could do things like climb ladders and things like like that changed everything yeah. for me. Like, it just changed the level of terror that I felt while I played it. Um, visually, I think RE7 looks fine. Like, it's it's not a technical <coughs> marvel, but it's no. good enough. Um, Although so Resident I, Evil 2, like, that that game looks great. It does look great. And it, I, didn't, it didn't have to run on VR headsets. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that's your, your good base to start with. Uh, what you did with the RE2 remake, and I'm sure that they're. Yeah. But I just I have a hard time believing that this thing they're teasing is Resident Evil 8. Or, no, it's not. Know, it's, it's absolutely. It's, it's not. just going to be another side thing. Yep, it's going to be like Revelations, like another yeah. one of those games. If we're lucky, it'll be like yeah. Revelations. Like I have a feeling it's just going to be like a cooperative Left 4 Dead World War Z clone. Um, we'll see. Uh, Tokyo Game Show is coming up. Uh, I think the 12th, so it's kicking mm-hmm. off like next week. Um, and so we shouldn't have to wait much longer. TGS is looking pretty good this year. Yeah. Uh, the Japanese publishers have intentionally held some stuff uh, to show off at Tokyo Game Show, so I think it's actually going to have some relevance this year uh, and have some value. And as always, we'll have all that stuff on Sifted, everything curated for you guys to have easy access to. All right. It's time for our last topic of episode 180. We're going to talk about the gigantic... Nintendo Direct that happened yesterday. I have to pull out my notes for this one, people, because there was just so much that they showed. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nintendo's really just kind of flipping the script on how you promote video game products at this point. Um, you're seeing everyone kind of following suit at this point. Uh, Sony's not doing a press conference at Tokyo Game Show again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they did one last year, or did they actually? I don't, I don't remember. remember. Uh, but it's not doing one, so it's following kind of the same pattern that it's been falling in for the last like year now at this point uh it's just not going to trade shows and promoting its games for whatever reason uh its presence at gamescom was way more muted than i thought it was going to be it's pretty much just death stranding yeah i mean that was it and i'm sure that was they are going to show ghost of tsushima at, TGS, at tokyo though. game show yeah i mean that's a good place to show it yeah gameplay or a trailer have they some said? trailer at the very least i don't know i don't know for sure better than nothing uh, but it's not doing a press conference there. So it looks like we're not really going to get any Sony press events until it's ready to show PS5. That's is pretty much, what I think, what we thought yeah. it was going to be. But, I mean, it's it's all shaken out now to go exactly that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nintendo kind of set the precedent for everyone else, and now we're seeing everyone else just kind of replicate these directs. But they are the OGs, and they, they still do it better than anyone else, and I think that was proven yesterday with this... Oh, almost overwhelming Nintendo Direct. 45 minutes long. Uh, the announcements were like machine gun fire. I think Nintendo and the Switch are at a place right now where that's how it has to do stuff because it has so much news around it right now mm-hmm. when everything else is just kind of dwindling out. Because well, pre- like the Switch is in the prime of its it life. It is. Right this now. is its prime. The other, the other systems are, you know, they're not on the way out necessarily, but the new systems are coming. So like the, the cycle is focusing on that and there's it's just not ready yet. So the, yep. you. Switch is the only game in town in terms of announcements and news right now. Yep, stuff that's actually happening that's relevant and matters. Uh, let's start getting to this stuff because if we don't, we'll never make it through it all. Um, I think what most people would argue is the biggest announcement, although I would maybe argue against it. Overwatch is coming to Switch. Uh, one of the industry's worst kept secrets ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we kind of knew this was happening for a long time. It did get an official release date of October 15th. Uh, Blizzard has said that it's targeting 30 frames per second. 
Uh, aim high. Yeah. <laughs> so you make sure if you don't hit it, you're still at an okay place. I mean, you, you should be targeting 60, and then if you end up at 30, like, okay. Uh, but it says it's targeting 30, which could mean that it doesn't even run at 30. I don't know. Is it, like, five days late and $1,000 short for Overwatch on Switch at this point? Pretty much. I mean, I, I'm sure it will sell fine with, like, the Switch audience. But, like, I mean... Like, you know, everyone I know who's, like, a really hardcore Overwatch player, like, doesn't care. Like, I feel like... like they're, they're not, they, play these, they play this game at 144 frames a second. Oh, I know. Like they are, they, no one's playing this at 540p at third, uh, sub 30. <laughs> like, that's not a thing that's uh, going to happen. I, I feel like the only thing keeping Overwatch from going free to play is the Switch version. Because Blizzard's like, oh, we can squeeze some more sales out of this thing before we just give it away. Yeah. Um, cause I think if it were, if the switch weren't as big of a hit as it is, I think it would have gone free to play already. I don't know about that. I mean, is it really moving new units? Apparently. Really? Here and there. Uh, is it worth it though? Or is it know. better to just get people in the ecosystem? I mean, is I don't it better know to sell another 5,000 a month or whatever in the U S or is it better to add 500,000 people to the ecosystem who may or may not spend money on microtransactions. I don't know, but what like I I trust Blizzard to know which what's best yeah, for Blizzard. Yeah. I mean, this. I would argue don't make maybe not as much errors. as I used to. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I w- I used to say a Blizzard I trust, but I don't know that I would say that now. I they you can ar- can argue with the quality of some of the stuff they do. You can't argue with their revenue. Yeah. I mean, they're doing real well. So I'm sure they know what they're doing. Maybe there's a, a deal in place with Nintendo for this, similar to Bethesda. Oh, I'm sure. Um, which would, you know, offset the potential loss of not going free-to-play for the extra microtransactions. But, like, I don't know. I, I imagine that's coming soon, right around the time they announced that Overwatch 2 was actually in development. But, like, they got another year at least on the Overwatch League before they can shut that down. So, yeah. Uh, Makes, I mean, it makes sense, I guess. I, I mean, if I were Blizzard, I would put it out on Switch. Sure. Hell yeah. Um, and I would absolutely delay making it free-to-play to sell more on Switch. But I think probably in a year's time when the Switch version isn't selling anymore either, then it'll probably get free-to-play. Yeah. Are we not. ever getting Overwatch 2? It's like Blizzard's just managed to string this along for so long. There's no reason. Yeah. It's only been three years. Has it been? It's I think it's been. Was it 2016? I think so. Yeah. I can check real quick. Now we have our PC up here. Um, last, last three years have seemed long. Because so much has happened, honestly. Let's see. Yep, May 24th, 2016 mm-hmm. was when it came out. So it's not that old. Yeah, I guess it's three years. Uh, for a Blizzard game, I mean, for a Blizzard game, it's practically a toddler. I mean, for for most games, that's ancient. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but not for Blizzard. But, but not for Blizzard, and not for 2019 no. when we have gas no. games as a service. Like games just live that long. Although this is like a king, the king of it. Yep. Even three years, even for a game as a service, is a long time. So yeah, well. <laughs> Two words, Diablo 3. Yeah, it just keeps going and going and going. So anyway, if you're a Nintendo-only I I don't think anyone's in a position to be criticized for that when we're still on League of Legends 1. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they'll ever make a League of Legends 2. I don't know why you would. I mean, there's not really any reason. As I said, Riot Games is an incorrect name. Yeah. It should be Riot Game. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Only, Although rumors one. are swirling that they're about to show something new. We'll see. I'll believe it when I see it because are, I feel like we've been hearing that for like I mean, I know for a fact that they, they've got they've made six or seven internal games that they're never going to release because they said they weren't good enough. Yeah. But they make they make stuff all the time. They, they just, just never we never it. see it. Yeah. There's a huge R and D and development side that doesn't work on League of Legends. Just tries to make the next Riot game. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen. Yep. Uh, next up from the Nintendo Direct, I would argue that this would be the second biggest story, but I have a feeling for most people it wasn't, and that is Terry Bogard is coming mm-hmm. to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I-, I wonder how many 8 to 13-year-olds were watching the Direct and was like, <laughs> who the hell is that? And I mean, granted, he is easily the most recognizable SNK character of all time, mm-hmm. but SNK isn't particularly relevant in this day and age. Um, I'm guessing a lot of people were disappointed when they saw this. A lot of people, a lot of Smash fans were complaining that the fighting game character was in their fighting game, yes. Yeah. Um, but, as I mean, Terry's a cool addition. Um, the other thing is uh, their, King of Fighters is huge in Mexico. In Mexico? Yeah, in Mexico, Latin American countries. SNK was big there, and King of Fighters is the fighting game. Of Mexico, I like, had no idea. Absolutely, wow. like by wide, wide margins. <laughs> and the current Smash champion is is from Mexico. Wow. And if you give him Terry Bogard, you are going to end the world. Do you like th- it's, going, it's 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 astounding. <laughs> Do you think he's going to control the same though? I mean, he can't really. No, it'll be it'll just be it'll, it'll be an adaptation. He'll just make sure he gets really good with him. But uh, I w- I would definitely think so. Yeah. Um. I think it's a fun. I mean, if you're talking about like adding just like kind of having Smash Brothers be a collection of like iconic characters in gaming, might as well. Yeah. Like he's a I cool mean, he's, he's a cool inclusion. Um. Are we seeing the law of diminishing returns though at this point where Nintendo's? I mean, it's crazy to say, but starting to kind of run out of characters to put in. No, it? not at all. Um. In I mean, part of this I think comes from the fact that that the Neo Geo stuff is so prominent in the in the eShop. Yeah. Like there've been a lot of Neo Geo stuff on the on the Switch, so clearly their relationship with SNK is good. Um. They announced that there'll be more DLC characters coming. Like that part of the part of the backlash on the on when this leaked that this was what was going to happen. That this character they're going to put in, um, was that oh we've only got two characters left and this is going to be one of them. That's a waste of a character slot. First off, it's not. Shut up. Second, um, they announced there's going to be more DLC characters coming. So clearly they're going to keep going. Like they have more to do. Um, you know, and uh, it's fine. Like I guarantee, I guarantee <laughs> though, there's more to come. Well, Nintendo did announce that there are and more DLC characters. If you think Terry Bogard isn't iconic enough to be in Smash, it's like, dude. When Melee came out, they hadn't released a Fire Emblem here ever. Right. Yeah. And they had two Fire Emblem characters yeah, in it. That's and true. I was like, who the hell is Marth? Like, yeah. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> or, or you think Earthbound? Does there, I mean, yeah. Come on. You think more people? I promise you, more people have played well, King Earthbound of Fighters than more so Earthbound. than Ice Climbers. Yeah. I mean, Ice Climbers. Is a, I mean, that's the thing. Is like if you're if you're talking about something's old, so it's iconic. You're in you're in Ice Climbers and Kid Icarus territory, yeah. and King of Fighters absolutely qualifies in that regard. Yeah. There have been King. I don't of have Fighters, a problem with it. There have been King of Fighters games for a quarter century. Like yeah. you can step down. People like us know that, but yeah, but I, but King of Fighters is a current thing. Like you, you know, you see. I mean, they put out that game what about two year and a half ago? Yeah, I mean, there's been thir- 12, it 13, and 14 like involved shadow. in the last couple couple years. If you follow fighting games at all, you know King of Fighters is. And if you are in Latin America at all, you absolutely know what King of Fighters yeah. is. And honestly, the Smash market is bigger than just North America, bigger than just United States and Canada. Like yeah. you can, you can 
put out stuff that appeals to other people too. And uh, the, the King of Fighters fans are over the moon on this one. Yep. So I think that's cool. I think. I think and Nintendo did say yesterday more characters are coming. More so. coming. So that if you didn't get whatever you wanted, VM, you know. And you see people that are like, just like, oh, I want it to be Shantae. Well, sorry, Shantae is already in the game as an assist character, as yeah. a sticker or whatever, so you're probably not. Yep. Like if Shovel Knight... Have they ever get... done that? Have they ever had like an assist trophy turn into of. a fully playable character? Not that I know of. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, so. from game to game, yes. From like the same game, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am interested to see if they continue the trend of having all their DLC characters be third, uh, you know, non-Nintendo, be third-party characters, because other than the Piranha Plant, uh, they've yeah. all been... You know, third-party. You know, it's cool. If you want to kind of turn into like a celebration of gaming in general, like, that's how you get, say, a Master Chief in there. Yeah. Um, well, there, there's rumors flying that uh, Sony's working on another All-Stars Battle Royale for PlayStation 5. Good luck with that. Yeah, because the first one was awful. Not tops. Yep. Uh, other Smash announcement yesterday... Banjo Kazooie now available inside mm-hmm. the game. Uh, initial reports are that Banjo is just a dominator. Yep. Uh, it looks like he is seems a, maybe to be a little a, OP. That seems to be a trend in the DLC. I mean, Hero had the same issue. Hero was very powerful. I mean, part of that is because people don't know how to deal with him yet. That's but, part like, of it. The other part of it, though, is that is a tactic. Um, are they selling Banjo and Kazooie? Does it uh, cost money? Well, unless you have the the pass, yeah. the character so pass. So they, they have learned this lesson from Riot. And what Riot does when it launches a new champ in League of Legends, that champ is way OP. And it quickly spreads Can't around. Can you just say overpowered? What is the OP thing? I don't know. Does it bother you? Yes. I don't know why. Like Maybe you remember in the old OP corduroy shorts from the 80s. That could be it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, Ocean Pacific is starting to bother me. Banjo's so Ocean Pacific, man. <laughs> he is wearing shorts. They might be. I mean, if, I if you're in the community, the League of Legends community, that's just what they say. So well, Yeah, because you don't want to type out overpowered, but we're speaking aloud. Yeah. Like you can just say overpowered. I don't know. It's just what people say. Anyway, um, and what they do is they make those new champs overpowered so that people buy them. <laughs> and then they pay for them. And then when the sale ru- sales rush is over, they nerf them. So that they're okay for competition, mm-hmm. um, and I guess well, Hero is getting banned a couple places already. Like, I've, at, like re- tournaments and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessary, but I mean, it does happen. I mean, Meta Knight was banned for a well, long see, time. Well, see, they have a way to fix that with League of Legends play because before a match starts for official esports play, you can ban champs. So. You can pick the champs that you don't want to have a part of the match. Mm-hmm. So that lets you, if there's a character that's way overpowered and everybody knows it, you can just eliminate it from the match when you get to choose like the characters that you want to take out take out of play. It's mostly for a strategy. You know, If you have mm-hmm. someone on a team that's only good with one champ and you want to hamstring that team, you can take that champ away, and then that one player on that team is like screwed. So... Uh, but anyway, they do use that tactic to get people to pay for the characters at first. Because you got to remember, League of Legends is free. The only way they make money is when people buy skins or they pay for new champs. Um, I don't know if that's really in play on Smash Brothers, though. Like, You don't think they would do that to get people to buy Banjo? I don't think that's going to convince people to buy Banjo nearly as much as the fact that it's Banjo. Yeah, well, for sure. But like, for I, people who don't care about Banjo, though, the we fact We don't care that, about those people. <laughs> But there, look, there are people who are young who don't care about Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, but Smash, like we do. the Smash thing is like you want all the content. Like yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. Like, I don't think you need to like make something hard to deal with in tournaments to 
to sell it to anybody. Like the tournament players are all going to get all the content anyway because they got to learn how to play against it. They're all going to play as Joker anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that's real. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's why League of Legends does what they do. I don't yeah. know if that's really Nintendo strategy here. Part of it might just be a lot of this, this stuff's very hard to balance, especially in a fighting game versus like, you know, a League of Legends game. And sometimes you just don't learn this stuff until you let the community at this thing and you find all these infinite combos. You're, I mean, you know, that would happen with games, even people as, as good at this as Seth Killian worked on, where you're like, as soon as it hit contact with the community, in two days, they had like, oh, you can do this infinitely, and this is broken. And it's like, well, why didn't you find it? So, well, because there's 10 people testing this at Capcom, and, and now there's, now there's, there's a million, million people yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah, you're going to find some stuff. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. And as long as they're actively on top of it, you know, it'll be fine. For the record, that is absolutely true of Riot. I've, I've been, I'm, I'm sure that's, I've been that's, told by... At least three former Riot employees that that is their tactic to generate revenue. Also, I mean, maybe part of it is I don't want to believe that Nintendo would use Riot-style tactics, but, like, they are a business. Yes, they are. Uh, but if they and were like if they, but if they were like that, I think you'd see some more ruthless behavior in their mobile games, and it's just not there. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, let's see. Next up, this was kind of a shocker to me. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one. Is coming to Switch. It was a shocker to me because it's the best thing they announced in the whole Direct. I mean, um, it's the best Xenoblade. Oh, it's it's the best RPG of last generation. And I'll, I'll take you one further. So it's been released for... The Wii, Wii and the Wii 3DS. U. Wait, not Wii U? There was a, you could get the Wii version on the Wii U, like it's on, those Wii, on the shop. Right, like yeah. It was basically the Wii version running on the Wii U. Yeah, and like, then the 3DS. The 3DS. Which had to run on the new, new 3DS. The new 3DS only. Yeah. Uh, and is basically, it, it damaged my eyes. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it's real, it's like... If you want to know, I mean, I love this game. I think this is the best RPG of last generation. I think uh, certainly the best JRPG of last generation. It is by far the best Xenoblade game. It's not even close. Um, I, I'm thrilled they're bringing it to like bringing it up and like you know giving they're giving it a full like remaster makeover. The character models are redone. Um, it means like you won't have to play it on Dolphin anymore to make to get a decent fucking eye, image quality out of the thing. Yeah. Because um, it's gorgeous on the emulators. Yeah, like it, it, it is. It is, is astounding. I mean, the, the, the Wii, the Wii, literally the Wii couldn't output a, a picture good enough to do justice to most of its games. Yeah, the GameCube, same thing. Yes. I mean, it's basically I mean, the same hardware. Well, yeah, but the GameCube had a better digital out. Yeah. Like Game, GameCube had better image quality uh, in terms of video output than the Wii ever did. Yeah. Um, which is why Metroid... that's because the Wii was designed to be used with RCA cables. Right. <laughs> why the why the like if you play it through the digital out on GameCube, Metroid Prime looks better than it does on the Wii. Yep, it's true. Um, there's a there's a there's a almost a comb filter on the Wii versions of yeah. things that are just not there on the GameCube through the component out. But I'm I'm super happy this is coming because it's it's phenomenally good and 2020. Has, yeah, so it's still a by far away. the best uh, open world that in the Xenoblade series. Like it's just exploring the places is, is really cool, and I'm gl- I'm just glad it's coming and more people are gonna get to play it because uh, trying to play the 3DS version is like running your eyes over sandpaper. Um, it's still a good game. But the visual, the system can't handle the visuals. Oh yeah! It's surprise, just, surprise! Yeah. It's the 3DS. Uh, next up, this one, this one crushed my soul a little bit. <laughs> Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE is coming to Switch. Mm-hmm. This is a game that I have had <coughs> sitting on my shelf, factory sealed, <laughs> since it came out, hoping that one day it would be worth some amount of money, and now I can open it. 
Yep. <laughs> because it's being re-released on Switch. I mean, this is good news, I think. It's, yeah, yeah. I'm just I mean, the selfish. more and more stuff, I mean, the more stuff you can rescue from the Wii U, the better. Yeah. I mean, after with this, you're basically at the point where, I mean, all you'd really need to bring in is the Zelda remasters and um, Wonderful 101. And That's I would, all that's left. And I would be Wonderful 101 happy. really is the big one left. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you could bring Devil's Third in, but no one, <laughs> no one uh, wants that. No. Let's just keep the value of that game high. Yeah. <laughs> But I was disappointed. Imagine how valuable it would be if it was good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was disappointed because I literally didn't open this game because right. I was like, oh, man, that game sold like crap. I'm like, well, actually, there's probably guess, like a million of them out there. I guess I'd like to see Xenoblade Chronicles X make it over at some point. Yeah. The problem with Xenoblade Chronicles X is like it's so reliant on the gamepad. No, that's it would, true. It would be pretty hard to, yep. to do. But Yeah. I mean, look, there's a touchpad on the Switch. Yeah, but it's the screen. Yeah. And I'm not playing that fucker portable, so... <laughs> Yeah, if you're having problems with your eyes before. Uh, for the record, though, um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is a great game. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is worth playing. Uh, you don't think uh, it's great? I got tired of it around 20 or so hours in. Um, I made it much further than that. I, but maybe I, it was the time that it came out. There wasn't anything else maybe. really kind of like I mean, it. I, I like the music, and I like it, but it's like... And I think there was sort of a friction on this game where, like, it was it was n- the game that neither fan base wanted, <laughs> you know, like, because fi- it's Fire Emblem and Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. And it was sort of like, that wasn't really what we were expecting. I think people were expecting, like, a turn-based strategy, like, Fire Emblem with Persona stuff right. in it, and it right. ended up being Persona with Fire Emblem demon cosplay. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care. And with, like, a lot of pop idol stuff, which, like, I, th- I thought the music was actually good. For the most part, but like I, the pop I, idol stuff was what turned me off the most. For well, it's sure. bizarre, yeah. and like, but I just ran out of steam on it after about twenty some hours, which is you know twenty hours. Still is twenty not hours, nothing. yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, but, I played it much longer. But than I'm it. glad it's coming because I, I just, I feel bad for these exclusive games trapped on the Wii that nobody gets to play. Yeah, and uh, it's better. And now that they're on the Switch architecture, it means you'll be able to carry them forward to future systems. So it's all good news. Yep. So I keep saying, no, wait, this is the biggest announcement. Because, again, this this Direct was insane. But this probably is the biggest one as far as what fans were looking for. Yeah, I mean, this is the, this is a big deal to me because it's what I you know prefer. Yep, so the Super Nintendo is coming to Nintendo Online. Today. Today, yep. In fact, it's live right now. Is it? Yes. Because it was, it was going live later in the day, which is annoying the hell out of me. I was like, maybe I could play it in the morning. Yeah, nope. I thought it was like 5 p.m. Eastern it was supposed to go live. Something like that. Because it, it wasn't going live, I think, in Europe until like evening there. So it was going to be like late afternoon here. People have been begging for this since the Switch launched. Yeah. And here it is. So, like, and there's a there's a good lineup. Like, I'm I love that they're doing Earth Defense Force, which I've never played the the Super Nintendo version of that because uh, it's never been. I've in, never either. It's never been in English. I honestly didn't even know that existed. Earth Defense Force is an old series. I did not know that there was an SNES version of yeah. that. I did never. Well, there wasn't. That. There was a Super Famicom version of it. We oh, never, right. We never got it. Right, right. You know um, what I mean. Though. But like, yeah, it was uh, it was very obscure until there it is, right there. Yeah, look at that. That's crazy. It's a good lineup. I mean, it's a solid kind of baseline. Uh, yeah, can you actually pause lineup. it right there, Jared, so we can look at the lineup and even take down the the lower third for just a sec. So yeah, twenty games. Yeah, I mean, it's no NES cla- uh, Super NES Classic, but uh, I mean, you got you got the essentials. Uh, do you think the lineup for the SNES Classic is better? A little bit. 
It's a little bigger. What are the glaring omissions to you? Uh, well, Super Mario uh, World, Super Mario World, and Yoshi's Island are both there. Um, I would like to see um, uh, a Final Fantasy in there. Yeah. Um, probably three slash six, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Chrono Trigger, uh, which obviously was also not on the Super Nintendo Classic, but uh, and I mean that might just be something that Square is not willing to let go because they know they can sell it separately. Um, How about Joe and Mac Two? That's an interesting inclusion. I'm I mean, really surprised it's in there. I mean, that's a pretty obscure game. Uh, Maybe that was a point, though. It's like most people have. Yeah, I mean, it. you want a mix of stuff no one's heard of and stuff. That, I mean, I, I I didn't realize people were so uh, hot to play Stunt Race FX again. But yeah. here we are. Um, so that's both FX chip games in this in this initial lineup between that and Star Fox. Um, Demon's Crest is great. That's not a hugely well-known game, but uh, I think it's got a good reputation. I don't know what Brawl Brothers is. I actually don't know what that is at all. Um, I like it. That's good. I mean, I don't know if I'd include Super Tennis and Super Soccer, but you got to, you know, you want a variety, I guess. I mean, the best news is if you're paying for Nintendo Online, twenty bucks a year. Yep. There you go. All this stuff is free and way, che- way cheaper than a Super Nintendo Classic. Yep, way cheaper than the Classic. There's this new controller coming out. That's a wireless mm-hmm. SNES controller for thirty bucks. Yeah. Although, be aware, you can get uh, the eight-bit dough Super Nintendo controllers for uh, about the same, sometimes less, and they do work with the Switch. Wait, that doesn't work with Switch? It does. Oh. But like I'm just saying, you can get a better controller. Oh, those are better than what Nintendo's selling? I think they are. Yeah. They, some of them have analog sticks. Some have turbo features. Some of them have like more buttons. Like, Interesting. That's what I use on my uh, on my PC uh, when I play like uh, old. I've heard good things about when them. I play like old like like in old 16-bit stuff, or if I'm playing like indie games that like use a 16-bit style, I'll usually use one of my 8-bit dough. Um, uh, Super Nintendo controllers, and I have a, I also have a Genesis one for the Sonic and Sega All Super, whatever the Genesis collection is on Steam. Um, but th- they're a good, they're a good option. But again, if you know, if you want that exact replica, like that's also cool. It's, it's, you know, I will, I will, I'll probably get it. They're also bringing online play to these games that have multiplayer. They're, some of the games are going to have, like, a pause and rewind feature. Mm. Oh, yeah, the Mega Man X game. So that's kind of the problem. Is like the retro stuff is, is in play to the point that, like, you're probably never going to see Mega Man X on that on that service because the Mega Man X games have a collection for sale on the same system. Right. Yeah. But uh, that's a huge announcement. Oh, yeah. People have been waiting for that for a long time. I'm hoping that this is it. Like, this is... What, what Nintendo is doing with Switch, I hope this is the end of it. This is the last Nintendo marketplace. And so once you have access to these games on Switch, whether you pay for mm-hmm. them or you're a part of Nintendo Online, that's it. And I hope they don't every start console over every that, time. Right. Every console that comes out after this, if I ha- get this stuff, I should have it mm-hmm. forever. Like, I shouldn't have to buy these games for, like, the 80th time. And, I'll, and also, like, don't start over. Like, if, right. if for the next system, like... I don't want to have to wait for all these things to come out again. If it's the same same way, but you know, subscribe to the online service and you get access to this thing. Start with everything you've released in the previous system yep. and go from there. And I'm sure you're going to run out of games eventually, but eventually you're just paying for a library, and that's fine. I mean, we should already be at the place with Nintendo's retro games where you and I already own them all on, on a service. Pretty much. Like, it's ridiculous that longtime consumers like us, longtime customers, fans, whatever you want to call it, We've been paying for this crap over and over and over again. It's got to stop. And I think we may have found the break point. Yeah. And next up, the N64. Yeah, that's a little more tricky, I think. I think it'll happen. 
Although a bunch of people apparently thought it was going to happen yesterday. Oh, they like, thought that was going to be. They one thought of the that that was going to be announced because like they did the Banjo Kazooie like special oh, video right. afterwards. Right. And they thought that like they were going to like the whole thing was a Banjo comes to Smash and then the old Banjo games come to Switch. And I, mean, I was like, it makes no. Sense, well, I don't think it makes sense at all. Like, I think those are pure Microsoft. Microsoft has them on their rare replay, and that's where they're going to stay. And sure enough, Sakurai in the in the video said, "If you you should go to play uh, Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie on the Xbox One." He actually told you to go play the old games on the Xbox One. Well, like, that yeah. might have been part of the deal. <laughs> I'm sure it's part of the deal, but it's like you ain't, you ain't yeah. getting those games on the Switch anytime soon, folks. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when, if and when, inevitably, the, or the N64 Classic, some people were expecting, was going to be announced or something. Um, that's probably in the cards at some point, but apparently not this year. Yeah. So there you go. SNES coming to Switch, which is a big deal. Uh, now we're going to start talking about some of the updates to games that Nintendo's been promoting for a while. <laughs> Uh, we're going to start with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, Matt, all along, I have not been particularly enthused for this game. And I have to admit, the more I hear about it, the less excited I get for it. There's just no hook to this game. Well, it's Pokemon. That's the it hook. is. But, like, this, this, was, this was an underwhelming set of reveals. Two um, new Pokemon. Two new Pokemon, but it was like, also you can change your clothes. Yep. And uh, Customize your clothes. There, you, can, you can go to Pokemon Camp. Uh, this one time at Pokemon Camp. Yeah. Um, where you can train Pokemon. Train Pokemon, kinda. and then you can make curry. Yeah, there's a curry dex. You can make a hundred different kinds of curry, just like Pokemon fans have been demanding For since the beginning. <laughs> since the dawn of humanity. And it's like you put a hundred types of curry in a game, but you didn't get all the Pokemon in there? Yeah, like, that's what are you little... doing? Like, <laughs> like, I'm not one of the hardline, like, has to have a full national Pokedex people, but this is not... Yeah, that's Qu- not this a is good- questionable. <laughs> it's not a good look, folks. Like, like you you didn't get every Pokemon in this game, and then you're like, look at all the curry you can make. This ain't it, Chief. Yeah, that's like, not this- a smart move, really. <laughs> also, the Pokemon Camp is like kind of like the online functionality that they've unveiled so yeah, far. I mean, I'm bit, sure yeah. they're gonna have battles online. At least I hope so. But this is kind of the first online thing that they've shown for it, yeah. and it's not particularly compelling. Also, like- like and you saw they also showed Game Freak's other game, uh, uh, little hero, little town hero. Or oh, whatever. they showed town. Yeah, it, it, I, it, didn't, I missed it, that. They had a little thing they showed how other like, combat works and. Stuff no, like I that. missed it. Like you, you fight using ideas, and not like, <laughs> but the thing is, that game looks better than this one graphically. Yeah, and I know it's probably happening in a smaller area, but I thought thought that was weird that like. It's so crazy, dude. That they're you make you have a curry decks. Who told them this was a good idea? I mean, I love curry. So everybody like... does, but <laughs> this is def- this is where a game being made in Japan goes off the rails a little bit. Food porn is a big deal in Japan. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was in Final Fantasy 15 too. Like the the right. best looking stuff in Final Fantasy 15, which was not a bad looking game by any stretch. Yeah. The best looking stuff was all the food. It was the food? Made. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mind blowing. Like I would continually stop that game to go eat. Yeah. Because of that, like, it was. It was I mean, look, character customization isn't, like, some new thing. No. And they spent a minute and a half I showing know. this. It's like, no kidding, dude. Welcome to 2006. Well, remember the last trailer they were talking about, oh, you can buy, and now they're doing it again. You can buy clothes. It's like, yo, bro, every game does that. Your games yeah. have done that already. Like, I, again. I mean, it's never been this extensive before, but it seems like a weird thing. It feels like you're running out of stuff to talk about at that point. Again, I'll play this for 50 or 60 hours. I know I'm gonna. I fully will admit it, but I will mm-hmm. also say that there is nothing really compelling about this game. 
It's Pokemon. That's, that's it, it, though. That's all it is. It's a first console Pokemon game. Yeah. Full-fledged mainline Pokemon game. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. They didn't show much of this. Uh, they just basically talked about... Yeah, I actually looked away during this part and missed it uh, pretty much. Yeah, really. they didn't show it for very long. Basically, there's a new amiibo coming that's based on the character design. Mm -hmm. Or, as I like to say, the dentist from uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, he, do he does look like the <laughs> dentist elf. Um, so the, a new amiibo featuring him, but... The big, the big story really was that you, the dungeons that you create in the game, you can save them to amiibo. Mm. You can save them to any Zelda amiibo, and then there was one other set of amiibo you could save them to. I can't remember right now what it was. Uh, but there's two different set of amiibo that you can save your dungeons to and then take them to someone's house and share them or whatever. So something I'll never do. Yep, or me either. Because that means I'd have to go to someone else's house to play video games. Yeah. And I can't remember the last time I did that. I honestly cannot remember the last time mm. I drove to someone's house to specifically play video games. Uh, well, maybe people do that to my house sometimes. Yeah. Because um, I have them all. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think the last time I did that was back in the heyday of Street Fighter Four when I would go to people's houses and play Casual matches. It's crazy. I cannot remember the last time I did that, Matt. Online. They used to be a staple things. of my life. Yeah. Like, like every night. Oh, yeah. They used to be every I go to someone's day. house to play something, or they come to mine, or in, whatever. In the 32-bit era, that was like every night. Yeah. Even, or, yeah, totally. Like the N64 F, era. F-064 till the sun came up. I, I yeah. got my car towed once because <laughs> we were playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater until the morning, and I was parked illegally and didn't realize it. Even the Dreamcast, even though you could play it And then online. when that happened, the tow, the tow place wasn't open yet, so we just went back and played more Tony Hawk <laughs> until the tow place opened. That's funny. Uh, but anyway, Link's Awakening is God, coming. that was 20 years ago this month. Yep. Link's Awakening is coming soon. Uh, so they at this point, they really don't need to announce much more. I wasn't that surprised or disappointed no. by that. Uh, next up, Luigi's Mansion 3. They showed two new floors of the mm -hmm. hotel. And again, for those of you who don't know, each floor of the hotel has a different theme. Uh, they showed two brand new floors, so two brand new themes that are going to be in the game. Are going to be in the game. And then they showed a brand new multiplayer party mode called Scream Park. Uh, you can play it with two to eight players with on one Switch, but you'd have to bring extra All the Joy Cons, Joy -Cons yeah. to make it happen. Um, do Do you think it matters that not, they have like not multiplayer party modes for? Not to me, but I mean Mario. Do you think in general it'll help with sales? Do you think it matters? Probably not. It's just an extra value add. Right. You know, like but does it really add value that will translate into revenue for Nintendo? I don't know. I, I mean, mean, probably not. I mean, I, I can't see that being the thing that finally pushes someone over the edge yeah. on this game. Yeah, I mean, and it's just like a collection of, like, three very simple party Yeah, it's kind of a Mario, Mario Party with a Halloween light. theme, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and this game is coming out on October 31st, so Halloween. Yeah. I am very, very excited for this game. Uh, I think way more excited than just about anyone else that I've met. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, it doesn't seem to be resonating with anybody else. I mean, I played it at E3, so maybe that helped. But I'm way more excited for this game than it seems like pretty much anyone else is. And this is someone who reviewed 
the first one for GameSpot, and then was mercilessly raked over the coals by Nintendo fanboys for about two years afterwards. So what, did you only give it like an eight point seven? I gave it like a seven point five or something. That feels about right for the first one. Yeah, I look in hindsight, I think I nailed the score, but everybody else gave it way higher scores than that. Because the only thing they had to play on the system, yeah, at the time. and it was gorgeous at the time. Oh yeah, I mean, I, mean, it, I think this looks great. It too. is. Oh yeah, this game. Did you see that one scene where he's vacuuming, he's vacuuming up, up the, the fog? fog? Yeah, dude. Th- I think this is people are going to freak when they play this game. I know everyone's blowing it off right now, but when the rubber hits the road, you're going to play this game. I mean, I find this... I mean, I'm not a huge Luigi's Mansion fan, but I do find this more interesting than any of the horror games coming out in October. Ah, good point. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, at least this one's not trying to scare me with bullshit. It's trying to entertain me. Yeah. I think this game is going to pleasantly surprise a whole lot of folks come Halloween. I mean, it's certainly not in my top ten list or anything, but I'm going to play it. Yeah. Honestly, that that shot where where he vacuums the fog up is selling me better than anything else in the game. I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, I mean, because the first game had a lot of really cool environmental tricks in it uh-huh. too. So I'm like, yeah. you know, I Look, guess he it, got it. He just pulled it up right yeah. there. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I think by the time I should on, be done with the Ghostbusters remaster by this point. That's true. So like, why not? <laughs> I think by the time the game gets here, I think other people are going to agree with me and they're going to be excited for it. Um, my biggest disappointment, though, as much as I'm not enthused by Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> Animal Crossing Fire Festival. Animal Crossing <laughs> New Horizons. This is Fire Festival. You get to an island and some weirdo's trying to de- 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 sell you a tent. <laughs> it's- okay, you want to talk about a new entry in a franchise that really has no hook whatsoever or no mm-hmm. compelling reason to buy it versus an older version of the game? Here you go. But you can replant trees now. Oh, my God. Dude, there's they this trailer by the way is like five minutes long and it's basically like hey here's all the stuff you've been doing doing in Animal Crossing yeah. for the last decade. Why does your character run like Naruto? Yeah, with his arms out. His arms out. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? I don't know, dude. I don't are, know. Are they ninjas? I mean, is that the twist? There the, is no twist. Yeah. The twist the, is there is no twist. <laughs> you owe a raccoon endless amounts of money, and then he makes you download his app. Yeah, that's like pretty that, much that's it. Like, yeah, and your very own Nook phone. Uh. I, I don't know. I, I again, I refuse to to. I cannot find a hook for this game. I cannot see anything unique about it that makes me want I mean, to play it anymore. I than, guess the hook is it's Animal Crossing on the Switch, and it's that's it. And four people can live on your island locally. Eight can live on your island online. Or you can play. I think you can play together with eight. Yeah, like all visit at the same. All time. on the island at the same time. And then time. like you can have four separate games on the same Switch. Yeah. Um, Which is what I got out of it. Again. It cra- a lot of crafting. Yeah. I made a flimsy axe. Yay! Yay, everybody applaud for the flimsy Three axe. Pre-order sold! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's clearly some Minecraft influence happening here. Yeah, I yeah, think, of course. You know, but in a way, because like, I don't remember crafting being a huge... I mean, finding stuff and collecting stuff was a big deal. But, but then using the that crafting to crafting things stuff. was not really a big... It was, it was earning money to buy stuff. I think Nintendo's missing why people liked Minecraft, though. It's not because they're crafting stuff together. It's because they're building stuff. Yeah. Um, Being able to move the bench around is not the same thing. It's not the same thing as building something from scratch with a bunch of blocks or whatever. So I I also have really pissed off that this game is rated by the ESRB now. It's done. Like, this game mm. could have come out this year, and instead they delayed it. The crazy part is... Well, I don't know if that's... I mean, they'll, they'll rate stuff... They rate stuff not necessarily on, on the whole game, but it's like you submit... I mean, 
It has to be the the final certified version, or the ESRB won't I, rate it. I don't think that's true anymore. Well, I, I think, at the time it will be. Some publishers have gone back and got games recertified, mm-hmm. but then it has to be rated I, by the ESRB again. Maybe. I mean, I I feel like it's pretty safe to rate this one. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> e, <laughs> mild comic mischief. Yeah, you're going to give this one an E, an E10, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what it would have to do to get an E10. I can't even even imagine what it was. Ruthless capitalism. Tom Nook put this the one over the top. <laughs> that'll be the ESRB. Ruthless capitalism and enslaving his nephews. That'll be that'll be what the the, the adult content is. But again, I know I'm going to play this game, and I know I'm going to play it an unhealthy amount. Well, you have fun with that because I, you holy, actually have holy bailed. shit, do I not care about this? You actually have bailed on Animal Crossing. I've I played still Animal have Crossing it. for many, many. I, I still play them, and the good the thing is, is they come out the last so one frequently. The last one I played, I think, was the first DS one. Yeah. And, and the they, thing that pulled me in on that was because it had online, finally. Oh, the the sh- leaves shaking. That was one of the new features that I picked up on. The le- There's wind and the leaves. Oh, the leaves shake because of the weather. Yeah, wow. <laughs> weather and shaking leaves. Hey, if you want to see trees shake, just buy The Witcher for the Switch. Yeah, yeah, that's got the best tree shaking <laughs> animations in, of the generation, I promise. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, by the way, oh, boy, the footage of that. Yeah. It was like my eyes were going bad or something. Yeah, yeah, you're like, I know I need <laughs> like, glasses. Oh, my God, it's so – what am I looking at? <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Animal Crossing on the same footing as uh, Pokemon for me. I know they're going to be good. I know I'm going to play them. I'm just not excited for either one of them. Uh, and then came the big deluge of third-party announcements mm-hmm. from Nintendo, and it is it was a deluge. We're not even going to include them all. I just kind of included, like, the really big ones. Uh, the biggest of all is Rogue Company. Is it? Well, it's the maybe. Holy, because wow, did that just not register with me at all? I mean, I know it's a battle royale game or whatever, but it's like, woof. It's a battle royale game. It's not just a Switch game. It's coming to all platforms. Although it was debuted in the direct, so I think people initially thought it was a Switch exclusive. It's God, why not. Don't you, why don't you just start calling these games? We're not Fortnite. Yeah. I Sorry. Mean, they've just. <laughs> it's really crazy, man. How shamelessly it's been ripped off. I mean. PUBG really is what's being yeah. ripped off the most. I mean, Fortnite kind of had the 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 advantage of like looking completely different. Yep. And like now this is just sort of like it's various like all the battle royale games after it seem to be like a permutation of like, well, how far in which direction are you going to take? Yeah, the art is style? it PUBG yeah. or is it my or is it uh, Fortnite? Fortnite and how where in the middle are you situated? Yeah, that's pretty. And that's this is like right in the middle, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it, it looks like it's smack dab in the middle of PUBG and yeah. Fortnite. Uh, does, I mean, it looks okay. I mean, do we need more Battle Royale games? I don't. I mean, does anybody? I don't even have any. <laughs> I mean, after care. Apex Legends. Apex Legends is, is, the, is hard to beat for me. Because like, it is like the perfect middle. Yeah. Well, and it's a great it pl- game. It feels good to play. And, and it I, does, yeah. And I don't find that to be true of a lot of the... I mean, know, do, you, do you think there are people out there that just play every Battle Royale that comes out? I mean, I know, are there fa- I know like, a couple of them. Yeah? yeah? But they always go back to their favorite right. after a while. Yeah. You, know, like, you always settle back with whatever is your preferred game. And some people have, you know, started with PUBG and moved on to Fortnite and then moved on to Apex, and they still go back to Apex, and Apex is their sort of default now. Um, but I don't think, you know, I just... I, I have a hard time looking at this and thinking, like, oh, yeah, this could turn it around for some. It's like so much of it is just generic stuff. And even if it isn't generic, I mean, Radical Heights was not a generic. 
no. visual, but it still didn't catch any kind of heat. So yeah, because it was a terrible game. Well, because it was and a, it wasn't even finished. It wasn't even an alpha. It was like broken. I mean, it was yeah, just, it was a piece of crap. Uh, what bothered me the most about that announcement? It's from High Res, the holders of the Tribes IP. Mm. So anytime High Res does something new that's not related to Tribes, I get a little testy over it. So. <laughs> I mean, a tribe's battle royale would probably have some some juice on it. I you would, would think. think probably more than that. Generic. That kind of looked like Radical Heights, really. There's a Just, little bit. Yeah. yeah, it didn't quite have the neon splash of the '80s like Radical Heights did, but kind of the same tone. Uh, next up, Assassin's Creed: The Rebel Collection. It is Assassin's Creed for Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Rogue rolled into one package for Switch. I mean, is there any interest in this for whatsoever? Do you think? I mean, probably. Like, I, I, th- I mean, they're these, not bad games. These are two Black of the best. Flag is these great. are two of the best games. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I would say Rogue is better than Black Flag. Really, I love Rogue. I don't think I go um, that far, but I think Rogue's setting is more interesting because uh, it's in the more in the the north in the Arctic, and I think Shay is a really interesting character because he's a traitor and he's he's it's a, it's a game that finally questions whether who's the bad guys and who's the good guys and it does it pretty effectively. Yeah, uh, I think they're, if you haven't played either of them, they're both worth playing, absolutely worth playing, um, way more so than uh, three. Uh, you know, Black Flag I think saved the series for me to some degree because it finally gave me a reason to play again. Um, I really didn't like the direction three went. Gameplay wise, and uh, this one give, gave you the ships, and it's kind of annoying whenever they make you get off the ship. Uh, that's one of the reasons <laughs> I like. Well, one of the reasons I like Rogue better is because Rogue does not make you get off the ship as much, right? And when it does, it's short. Yeah. Uh, but like, they're both absolutely worth playing if you, for some reason, have never played them before and would like to play them on a tiny screen at thirty frames a second. <laughs> if you're lucky, thirty frames. Because otherwise, I guarantee you, they run better on every other platform. Everything, probably even better on iPad if they yeah. if they put them out on iPad. Right, uh, but at the very, I mean, at the very least, uh, Assassin's Creed Three had really on Switch had really bad audio issues, and uh, they just patched them. Like, like you and the same company did uh, Assassin's Creed Three port and did the Dark Souls port, which also had audio issues, and Ubisoft had them fix the audio on Assassin's Creed and Dark Souls. It looks like is never getting fixed. So um, Ubisoft at least cares about the quality of the stuff they're putting on on the Switch, and so if you're if you're interested in playing this on the Switch, then I would say it's worth supporting just because Ubisoft has shown that they care. Yep. And these are good games. And we're gonna run through the rest of these real quick because we're running out of time and we want to get to Q and A because we have to give away some beta codes mm-hmm. to you guys. Um, Divinity Original Sin Two coming well, to Switch. Came to it's out. Oh, it's out. That's Dropped right. Dropped yesterday. Right. It shadow shadow dropping. I, I dig a shadow dropping. <laughs> uh, the return of the Obra Den. You guys may be wondering what the hell that is. It's that crazy, awesome mm-hmm. indie game that we showcased in our Game of the Year awards last year. Uh, makes perfect sense. Indie games sell great on Switch. Obra Den is a great indie game. Uh, we highly recommend it if you haven't checked it out before, if you're only mm-hmm. a Switch owner. Um, it's really unlike anything else you've ever played. Uh, this may have shocked you, Matt. Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. The only thing that shocks me is that people will not let this terrible game go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it went backwards compatible on the Xbox One. Uh, not It didn't. Yeah. Uh, Jedi Academy did, right. which is also coming to Switch next year. Oh, I missed um, that somehow. And uh, But, you know, I mean, I hate this game. I think it's terrible. I think Kyle Katarn is a complete waste of a character, and I wish they'd just let the EU die. Uh, there are people who think that they keep, they're pushing this again because they're going to bring Kyle Katarn back somehow, um, which I guess fine if you need a Jedi who looks like Alex Trebek. He's probably the only option. 
But um, I hated, always hated this game just because it was uh, you spend all this time playing a normal shooter and you get the lightsaber and then you go to the next level as a bunch of snipers you can't use the lightsaber against. It's just it's old school Raven level design, find the switch level design, which I find tedious as all hell. Speaking and, uh, of find the switch level it. design, Doom 64. Doom 64 <laughs> also, yeah, on the same level. Uh, do we need this? I don't. Does but... anyone... Maybe. I don't know. I think th- I feel like this was like Bethesda you want, you, signed a deal. You people wanted N64 games on the Switch. Here you go. Yeah. I feel like this is like Bethesda signed a deal with Nintendo for X number of games. I think that's very possible. And they're like, oh, we need our fifth yeah. game. Well, there's well, so Doom they, they, 64. They all, I mean, they also put out the old Dooms on the other platforms yeah. just recently. So it makes yeah. sense. Like, this is the Nintendo-specific Doom. Right. Like, it, it, it's not out of complete left field. It's not a terrible game. No. It's Doom. I mean, look, in hindsight, it's pretty shocking they put out a Doom for the N64. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, and there were some I others. I mean, hell, StarCraft came out for the N64. That's true. That's it, true. it was a wild Think time. about that. That's pretty nuts. Uh, and then lastly, and again, there were other things, but we couldn't talk about them all. Vampire, mm-hmm. which is an action RPG from Don't Nod. Yeah. Um, one of our favorite indie developers. It's worth playing. It, it's definitely good and worth playing. Um, you I sk- think a lot of it depends on how much they sell it for. Yeah, you skipped one of the big things. What? Deadly Premonition 2. Oh, I didn't think it was that big. That's huge. I didn't. I, I mean, I skipped it on purpose. I didn't think it was that big a deal. No, I, I, that's, that's one of the, like, probably the number three thing for me in the old Oh, rec. really? It's so like, I apologize. Deadly I'm Premonition sorry. 2 and Shadow Dropping uh, a remaster of the original the same day. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love those games. They're, they're garbage, but, like, they're they're great garbage. <laughs> well, now you know why I skipped them. <laughs> but, they're, but they're so fun. Like, it's, yeah. they're, they're just Twin Peaks. It's not even fan fiction. It's pretty much infringement. But, like, yeah, it is. it's so much fun. Isn't that right, Zach? <laughs> yeah. If you haven't played Deadly Premonition, like, you're missing, you're missing out. Don't expect it to be good. Yeah. But it's I think good the would most, be a stretch. It's, it's sweary. So it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever played and there's just charm to it from top to bottom. Yeah. Like it's, it's You can definitely tell he made it. Yes. For sure. No question. But anyway that's it. The Nintendo Direct. What kind of letter grade do you give that Nintendo Direct? You know I'm going to give that an A-. minus. Yeah I'm right there with thought, you. If, if that's you, impressive man. If you'd shown me a uh, if you'd shown me um, Breath of the Wild 2 I give you an A. If you show yeah. me Metroid Prime Four. I would give you an A plus. Yeah. But it's you're showing all this stuff. You filled in the rest of the fall. You filled in some stuff to look forward to for early next year. You shadow dropped a bunch of stuff the day of. Like you gave you gave me what I wanted. You gave me some stuff to see to look forward to. Like I don't know what else. I mean, some not all, not all of it's something I want to play. But I felt like that was a solid rollout of a whole bunch of stuff that like covered the the next like six months. With and something for everyone. They'll do another direct there'll be more. in like be a more. month. It's but crazy. Like, I, I mean, I think they're killing it. Killing it. They are killing it. I've never seen Nintendo like this. Maybe ever. No, I mean, this is like that, like the feeling you got when you when you went to that 2004 press conference and Reggie said we're about kicking ass and taking, taking names. names yeah. Except instead of just lasting for the hour of that press conference, it's lasting for like all year. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's crazy. So I think they're doing Killing great. It. Even the stuff that I'm not interested in, I'm like, yeah, that fits. It yeah, works. It makes it's ro- sense. You're rolling it out. It's right there. There's something for everyone at least once a month. Like it's it's what a game console should be. Welcome to peak Nintendo yeah. sifters. You've never seen it. You may never see it again. I, I, mean, wait, this, I waited a I long mean, time. I mean, not since it. the Super Nintendo yeah, days, really. It's pretty crazy. It's great to see. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to see Nintendo being this successful. Mm-hmm. So there you go. A minus is from both of us for that direct. It's time for our trailer of the week. And I'm sure if you guys have been paying attention to the news this week, you're going to wonder why we didn't discuss 
the game that we're about to share for the trailer of the week. Truth of the matter is, I just didn't feel like we could have a long discussion on it, but I wanted to get it into the show, and that is Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville. Uh, before we roll the trailer, though, I want to give you like kind of the, the lowdown on it. The game is actually available right now. If you buy the Founders Edition for $30, you get it for six weeks before the game actually comes out. And then six weeks later, it comes out for $40. Yeah. So you get it for 10 bucks cheaper, you get six weeks of content with rewards, and then all that carries over when the final game releases for 40 bucks. Um, so anyway, it's a pretty sweet deal. I kind of thought this game might just be free to play. <laughs> Didn't work out that way. It's Electronic Arts. Uh, but anyway, It's interesting to me that they don't call it Garden Warfare 3. Yeah. Uh, again, like once I found out it was like some other t- subtitle, I'm like, okay, well, it's definitely free to play then. But nope. Mm. You got to pay for it. It's not full price, though. But anyway, let's roll the debut trailer. Welcome to Neighborville, where from town center, to the weirding woods, to the trails of Mount Steep, a battle is always raging. New plants, new zombies, and new turf. This is your first look at Plants vs. Zombies, Battle for Neighborville. You'll begin your battle in the world's social regions. These hubs are the gateway into Neighborville, and a great place to connect with friends, find new allies, and try on a new look. Let's meet the new recruits. New team play classes let you join up with your friends and fight together as one unstoppable unit. Meet Oak and Acorn. Or bring your cadets together and form a space station. Now you can play on your friends and with your friends in split-screen co-op in every mode. Team play classes are powerful, but if you go down, you all go down as a team. Let's meet our new damage dealers. The 80s action hero. He'll vanquish you with his bow, then zing you with an unintelligible one-liner. So gnarly. Snapdragon launches fireballs that will seek out zombie kindling. Burn. Electric Slide will dance her way into your hearts. Her electrified attacks can clear any dance floor. Don't blink or you'll miss Nightcap. Master of Shadows, she gets in close for her devastating Fung Fu takedown. Head-to-head combat is at the heart of Battle for Neighborville. Spread across 12 unique maps, there is something for everyone. Go intense in the Thunderdome, home of the all-new Battle Arena, where two teams enter and one team leaves. Go big in up to 24-player matches. With countless objectives, whatever you do, Please stop Dr. Zomboss from launching a lighthouse into orbit? Reload and jump into the fray at Giddy Park, a drop-in, never-ending carnival of headshots. The battle for Neighborville doesn't stop there. Hop on a train, submarine, or flying bus, and explore strange and dangerous free-roam regions. Quest, collect, and discover as you battle an entire forest. Join a pie-eating contest, make friends with an insecure washing machine, crash a dance party, fight inside your own zombie mind, survive gnomish temples, lead a zombie parade, give a lawnmower a style makeover, and politely decline to hacky sack with this guy. You know, just your average day. The battle for Neighborville is just getting started. With countless ways to join the fight, 
One thing is clear. This war is just about as weird as you. I mean that the best possible way. So, Matt, I have a feeling I'm going to have to jump on that grenade. I don't yeah, see, I don't see you playing that one. No. I'm, <laughs> I'm honestly kind of physically repulsed by that franchise. I don't really know what Even it is. like the OG tower defense? Yeah I, don't, yeah. I just don't like the art style. The art style. and everything. I'd agree with you. I don't think it's compelling, but I think we're definitely in the minority. I mean, look how huge, like, Plants vs. Zombies was at one time. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it. Is this huge, the, this series? Eh. I mean, I think the last one sold, like, three, four million, something like that. Mm. I mean, that's a good, what was it, one of the one of the questions. Majora, Tom already asked, what do you, you think is going to sell better, that or Need for Speed Heat? Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> that might be a dead heat right there. I don't uh, I think they're both going to top out in like kind of around the three million mark, right? I think Need for Speed will sell it. Actually, you think? I don't. I, think, I, I think actually this don't, Need for Speed. Will I actually sell don't it. know too much about how Need for Speed sells. All I know is that like it shouldn't keep getting chances if they keep shutting down all these other games. All you need to know is that you don't know how well it sells, and that's because it's not selling. Because they don't announce very the well. Number. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, hey, before we get into the Q and A, we're going to do our little mini quiz here uh, mm. to give away. Two beta codes, closed beta codes for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. The beta starts tomorrow morning. Uh, the codes that we're going to send you, you can use to redeem for any platform. So PC, Xbox One, or PS4, uh, you go to a website, and we'll send you all this information. You go to a website, you put the code in that we give you, then you pick your platform, and then it gives you the code for your platform. So um, again, any platform except for Switch, if you're not interested in playing the beta, if you hate shooters or whatever, don't take the code from somebody who will want to play it. Don't take it just because you're getting something free. Let's be civil here. Let's give it to someone who actually wants to play the game. Uh, the way it's going to work is Matt has a, has a question for you, and I have a question for you. And really, whoever answers first in the chat is going to get the code. And we only have two. Um, I know that's... It may be a race to uh, see who can Google it the most quickly, but if you know it off the top of your head, you're probably going to win the code. So, Matt, you have the first question. Mm. Let it fly. Oh, wait. Actually, before we before we begin, we'll see who wins on here. Make sure that you friend us so that we can uh, DM with you guys and send you the code after the show is over. So, Matt, here we go. On your guard, people. What is the first question? Should I do the one that's related to Tom Clancy or a, a, just a weird one? Whatever you want. Because the Tom Clancy one is a matter of some opinion, so I'm gonna, I think I'm going to switch to the, okay. the other one. Okay. Um, get your Google fingers ready. <laughs> In the, and this has nothing to do with Tom Clancy, so this is just me pulling out something that I know and you probably don't. In the IDW Transformers universe, what is the name of the old Cybertronian faction that believes that what you do for your job should be determined by what you turn into. Ooh, that's not easy. Let's see who gets it first. <laughs> All right, we got a, we got a live feed of the chat here. You might we might want to move on to your question while people <laughs> look things up on the various wikis. It may it may take them like twenty minutes to find the answer to that. Mine is much easier and more closely related to just general video games. Yeah, we still don't have an answer. <laughs> Maybe you should repeat the question again. I killed everybody with how nerdy that question was. <laughs> In the IDW Transformers universe, what is the name of the old Cybertronian faction that believes that what you turn into should determine what your job is? That's a tough one. 
I don't know the answer to it. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. <laughs> Show's only got like 15 minutes left. Yeah, folks. you guys better hurry up. <laughs> they don't even know how to Google it. <laughs> oh, man. We may have like the like, post game after award this <laughs> do the other one <laughs> yeah, do the other one we'll come back to it okay mine is much easier all right so my question is and i think someone will just know this off the top of their head so get ready to type get your fingers at the qwerties what was the first game that rockstar released for the nintendo 64 I don't think I know that. Yeah, you do. Do I? I mean, I'm sure I know the game, but I don't know which one it is. It is not the Quintessons. Nope. <laughs> wow. Nope. Keep guessing, guys. Body Harvest was by DMA, who made GTA, but it was not Rockstar. That's a good guess, though. That was the first game that entered my head when you asked that. <laughs> Nobody can get these. No, not Monster Truck Madness. I'm trying to think of the games that Rockstar published on that, and I'm, hmm. I mean, that should be a pretty quick Google, though. Yeah. What is that buzz? That's, That's like text messages. Oh, it's like the incorrect buzzer. <laughs> Nobody knows. Ultra, Ultracons no. aren't a thing. Maybe my question should have been phrased differently. Maybe I should have said DMA design instead of Rockstar. No. Well, I mean, they weren't Rockstar then, DMA. They, they were, though. Well, they weren't called Rockstar. Like I, they were. Like I have a ROM of this game, an N64 ROM of this game. Have you seen N64 ROMs? They're cartridges, but they're mm -hmm. this long, yeah. and it has Rockstar on it and this their logo and everything. All right, I'll rephrase it then. <laughs> well, like, did Rockstar publish it then? I guess it did. Yeah. Yeah, because DMA wasn't Rockstar until after uh, right. GTA Three. Yeah. So I guess I'll rephrase it. What was the first DMA design game released for the N64? It's that not, I know. It's not Earthworm Jim 3D. That's a, this is another another game that's been lost to time. That, ca <laughs> that, that came out before Body Harvest. What? The, the answer to this that came yeah, out before Body Harvest? Yeah. Body Harvest was supposed to be a launch game, got this delayed for right. years yeah. and years. Uh, we thought this was going to be so easy and quick. Smuggler's Run didn't come out for N64 Tomb Raiders. <laughs> this is crazy. Yes! No, so, no it, it didn't come second. Too Quick Capri. You got it right. Space Station Silicon Valley. Did it? I, I swear Body Harvest came out before that. I know it was supposed to. It was supposed I mean, I know that, but like. October 21st, 98. Bunko Blast Court was a rare game. Yeah. Really a good, great one. Really good rare game. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. No, Body Harvest came out first. Did it? A month earlier. Okay. Well, then whoever answered Body Harvest first is going to get the code. Yeah, uh, Body Harvest was September 30th, 98. Silicon Valley was October 21st. Okay, a bunch of jerks. You win the code. <laughs> How perfect. Is that in uh, Is that in reference to the Carolina Hurricanes? Bunch of jerks? I've, I've seen that, uh, that name before. Some though. dumb hockey dude in Canada called the Hurricanes a bunch of jerks because they celebrated after they won games, and then they, they took hold of it and... Made like T-shirts mm. called a bunch of jerks and like lighting shows that said a bunch of jerks. Okay, so a bunch of jerks. Make sure that you friend us, and we'll make sure that we get back to you and we'll get you the code. All right, Matt. Nobody can answer your question. Do you have another one that's maybe easier? I'll do the the more standard Tom Clancy one because this way people can probably just name Tom Clancy books and eventually get <laughs> it. <laughs> they'll get it right. Uh, according to uh, according to popular belief. A lot of fans believe. According to popular, what is believed to be the last Tom Clancy book that Tom Clancy wrote himself? There you go. Like that's by, an easy like Google. By himself, without any, uh, without a co-writer, without a, a ghostwriter, because <laughs> he didn't write any of that shit for the last like long period of his life. But the the, the the widely believed last Tom Clancy book that was all Tom Clancy. A bunch of jerks. You won a beta code for uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. For this weekend. <clears throat> for this weekend, yeah. It's not Hunt for Red October. It's not Executive Orders. You can't win again. Although Hunt for Red Jokes. October is probably the book that eventually let him stop writing them himself. Because <laughs> he made a lot of money off that. A bunch of jerks you can't win again. Stop guessing. Oath of Office, no. no. Command Authority, no. God, there's a lot of Tom Clancy books. <laughs> <laughs> we may sit here until tomorrow. We're already going over time. We haven't answered Like, any you could questions. just be, like, name arbitrary political military industrial name. Like, it's just like... <laughs> Come on. You're gamers. You should know this. Not Jack Ryan, not Cirque. You're gamers. You should know this. That's the biggest kent I could ever give you. This is, this is why I said it's a, it's a matter of opinion. Red Storm, no. Tomb Raiders. Tomb Raiders gets it. Tomb Raiders got it. It is widely believed by a lot of Tom Clancy fans that Rainbow Six is the last one he wrote all on his own. There you go. Finally. We Which, to be fair, it. that book's like a thousand pages long. I'd want to break, too. <laughs> it took so long to give away the codes, we can't even really do any Q&A. So you guys are going to have to save all your questions for Tuesday. We are coming back on Tuesday. Um, oh. uh, the Transformers answer was The Functionists. Ah. Read the IDW Transformers card comic books, folks. They're really good. I would have never known that. <laughs> I didn't know that at all. Uh, Davil124, thank you for subscribing. Let's see if I can find any other ones before we go here. Wampler13, thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime. Um, Latrudos, thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime. All you guys are freaking awesome. Um, that's it for Game Face 180. Uh, if you guys missed the early part of the show... Tons of stuff going on behind the scenes and under the hood. It's sifted. We know there are issues. Uh, we're fixing them. We're aware of them. But if you find any, send us uh, emails to support at sifted.net. Uh, another show coming up on Tuesday. We'll be talking Gears 5 and a bunch of other big stuff. Um, just wanted to get the show in for you guys since we missed Tuesday. So anyway, hopefully you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you online to play some Breakpoint. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>